Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 14. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we watched Constantine. Constantine. This is our first non-guest episode in two months. Yeah, that's true. We, we were, were on a little bit of a streak. We cut. are back to the dynamic duo. That's correct. You, the Robin to my Batman. I, the Bucky to your cap. That's correct, good citizen. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yes. dear TSPHC Army. Yes, yes. Don't adjust your phones. You no. are seeing a brand new logo. What? Yeah. Todd, do you want to give a little uh, rundown of yeah. where we got this great logo from? Absolutely. So uh, a loyal member of the TSPHC Army, Gene Raganese, out of the blue, uh, sent us, uh, hey guys, I was playing around. I made this logo. What do you think? And we're like, well, it's fucking awesome. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's our new logo. Um, we're pushing Gene to get his stuff someplace that we can we can Link point people to, to him. yeah because he's really talented uh in addition to the the kind of the logo design there he also does some really cool stuff taking images of a lot of local stuff a lot of Syracuse images mm-hmm. and uh, mixing that with Star Wars imagery and it's so good it's he so needs good. to get it out there he does actually I only met Gene recently but I've been aware of him for a, a few years um, probably three or four years ago oh, yeah? for Christmas Aubrey gave me this beautiful three-part photo series that hung in my in my office on the wall of my office okay. when I saw the home office upstairs instead of the basement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the the three gentlemen of Star Wars. It was Darth Vader, Chewbacca, and yes. uh, Yoda uh-huh. in like sepia toned, mm-hmm. like old business. That's up in the media room. Now, it's right? in the media room now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great, and I didn't know. So she had bought that from uh, Gene for for me for Christmas. Wait, Gene did that? He did. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, the one uh, he shared another one uh, that we saw, which was uh, a stormtrooper. Sitting outside a bench, right outside of Columbus Bakery, mm-hmm. with a, a little mini at at like a dog 
kind of wandering. I, I believe it's pronounced ATAT. Nerd fight. I I think the poll said. I think Star uh, Wars Rebels, <laughs> which is fucking canon, said, "Sir, do you want us to deploy the ATATs?" Easy guys. I think we'll agree that we disagree on this one. But in any event, it was a cool picture. <laughs> it was a great it was a very picture, cool picture with the ATAT. That's correct. <laughs> oh, you said oh, that's correct. Yes, I got Damn it. it. Um, and also one with the scout trooper hanging out in front of Dinosaur Barbecue. Oh, yeah, with on some, the speeder bike. With the speeder bikes. That, I like that yeah. one. So it's pretty good. So uh, we're going to do our best to link out to Gene's stuff or mm-hmm. share that yeah. on our page or something. But uh, Gene, thank you. The logo's awesome. Thank you so much. It was great. Yeah, so very cool. All right, uh, let's get into this. All right. Bob, could you do the honors, please? Let's go over the rules again. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. We're going to continue what we did last time. Yep. We're going to, instead of doing the book report, here's all the things that happened in the movie, we're just going to kind of talk about what we liked about the movie, give a general overview of the movie. And then at the end, we've got a couple of questions, yep. which are MVP, most valuable player, favorite character, best scene, one scene we would cut, and actor having the most fun. Which is traditionally our the question we enjoy the most. And I think, I'm wondering if we're going to be on the same page on this one, because this is a dour movie. It is. It I, is. It, again. Okay. Well, so, yeah, let's yeah, let's uh, let's yeah, save it. Yeah, because there's a, there's an interesting connection to last. Careful, fellas. Spoiler territory. Hey, thank thanks, you, Bob. Bob. There's an interesting connection that we'll get to we'll when get we to start it. talking about the yeah. movie. Now for the oh, our favorite shit. part of the episode because I'm thirsty. Bob, you know the drill. What are we drinking? Thank you, Bob. Our beer this evening is brought to us by Empire Brewing Company. Really excited for this one. You know, whenever we have the choice, I tend to skew towards New York beers, if possible. Yes. This one is not just a New York beer. This is a Syracuse beer. So this is the second Syracuse beer. We drank 315's Punch. Yes. I think for maybe episode two, one or two. Oh, Nerds. Something. Yeah. Look, let, look, let, that look up. it up. But... Uh, this is Empire Brewing Company, founded in 1994, right in downtown Syracuse. Uh, they've recently opened a farmhouse brewery in Kesnovia. Tonight we are drinking Smoke and Shadows. This is a porter brewed with a, a variety of malts, which are hand-smoked to get this really smoky flavor. It's got kind of everything you would expect from a porter. 6.5% alcohol. I got a little taste from our friends at Branching Out Bottle Shop, which is where I got this today. We did a little very quick Facebook Live event to go get it. <laughs> yeah, Facebook Live video. You're slowly becoming a vlogger. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. No, but, it's not weird. It's great. Uh, if you saw when we'll share it again, greeted by the world's greatest beer dog, Barley. Barley. And our friend Carissa. Um, we went, you know, I brought a, brought a growler on a whim today and saw what they had on tap for growler fills and that just seemed like a uh, no-brainer so let's uh, drink this let's and this we're gonna, this hey not over the equipment so well much. we're still, oh, se- still semi yeah okay mm. oh that's really oh. nice oh i like this one. Oh no oh i like this one and and you know mm. indicative of of the time we spend there and how awesome joel and carissa are mm-hmm. as carissa was suggesting this she's like well casey likes dark beers right and i go yeah, he does. You're not wrong. That's right. So, uh, Carissa, I like well dark, played. non-bitter beers. Right. Uh, what was the one? What was the, the Hell Hath No Fury? Was that the one for uh, Daredevil? No, no, the one that we drank for uh, R.I.P.D. <laughs> I, I this, no hero. Oh yeah, that was, was the like, oh. no hero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was it. I think that might have been an Imperial Stout. Yeah, Imperial yeah. Stouts. Yeah. No bueno. Mm. 
That, but that's, that's this is really very good. drinkable. This will not last long in my glass. No. Nope. Well, we've got uh, a growler to get through. So. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. Uh, so now on to our next segment. Reshoots. Or as I'm going to call it, all the times Casey fucked up the last couple episodes. <laughs> so yeah. The, our first reshoot came from two people. Same reshoot. The reshoot that I'm talking about comes from both Josh, yep. who was in Amazing Spider-Man. Correct. And Colin, my brother, who was in... Man of Steel, and will yeah. Our guests are hitting us hard. On I these. know. So this reshoot is mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we were trying to explain to your son who Dan <laughs> Delaney is and why she is fantastic in right. many different ways. I said, "Have you ever seen Northern Exposure?" There's just one tiny little problem. That was Janine Turner, <laughs> not Dana Delaney. Not Dana Delaney. Uh, Absolutely not. Also, in the same message from Josh, he wanted to point out that it is exit. To Eden, not east of Eden. That's why. <laughs> not the John Steinbeck classic which is, novel. Which is why Christian was so confused. And uh, when we were trying to figure out. He, he was confused at that point. Yeah, That's he was right. like, is it the Steinbeck? I'm like, no, it's. Yeah, it's come on. Get terrible with it. Movie. Get with it, buddy. Come on. <laughs> we were the ones who were wrong. Yeah. Um, and then the last one from Josh was uh, when we were talking about Arthur Reeves. Yes. We mentioned that he was wearing, we couldn't figure out if it was sleeve garters or arm garters or. What, what it was called. It's Arm Garters. Arm Garters. Thank yeah. you, Josh. Yep. Um, that's all I have from Josh as reshoots. Then my brother also had a couple more for me. Beating the crap out of <clears> us. Um, one is not so much a reshoot. It's more just kind of a, um observation he had. Uh-huh. Uh, that when we were talking about the difference between Cesar Romero's uh, and Mark Hamill's Joker. Yes. He's always believed. And now that he said this, I kind of get it, too. Yeah. Think when back I to read, Batman yeah. 66. He's more Frank Gorshin's Riddler. You know, you're that's 100% correct. So Because he's all goofy and silly, but all of a sudden he can just be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't think, obviously, nothing in Batman 66 abro- approaches the lethalness, the, yeah. the menace of uh-huh. Mark Hamill's Joker. But in terms of, you know, How that, that combination can... of ridiculous with that undercurrent of dangerous. Yeah, that's it's totally that's, Gorshin. So yeah, because again, good job, bro. Joker and I don't think I ever thought of Frank Romero or Cesar Romero's Joker as as frightening. Of the of the the uh, Rogues Gallery from Batman sixty six, I would say that it would probably either be Catwoman. She's pretty because she's pretty crazy, right? Um, and yeah, Riddler. Yeah, yeah, that makes so. You know, when you shared that that note from Colin. Spot on. Agree 100%. And there's another movie in Thor's Helmet where someone does a Frank Gorshin Riddler impression. That would be Bat Nipples? First of all, how well, dare Well, yes, actually it is. It, it is Bat Nipples. The, it's the, it's the everyone, first appearance yeah, of Bat Nipples. Listen, there's enough to sh- shit on for um, uh, uh, Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But then people always forget that the Bat Nipples were in Batman forever. Also. Yeah, yeah, the difference. So they were. I feel like... They didn't get the attention that they got in Batman and Robin because Batman they got and Robin my attention. also yeah, <laughs> also had the the I don't know how you describe it the shots where they're like the camera the swinging in the suit oh, ups but it's like Batman Forever had it too. Did they have the one the ridiculous crotch one and crotch then, and, and then butt. the ass of mm-hmm. that was in Batman Forever? I thought that was Batman mm-hmm. and Robin. Yes. Oh, that's very. <laughs> It's very, very, very wrong. gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, but, but you know, oh boy, 
All right, so that's enough of the reshoots and reactions, a.k.a. Casey fucked up a lot. Yeah, we uh, we were looking rough on that one. Uh, we? No, those were all me. Uh, listen, I was it was the royal <laughs> we. I was, I was taking oh. one with you, but no, you're right. Yeah, you fucked it up. Me. Yeah, no, it was all you. Yeah. Oh, Easy, guys. All right. Okay, now on to the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie, which is a... 46%. Oof. That is an F. That's Holy. That's not, not this D minus shit. Not not this E, which I, oh, I yeah. still need Chuck to confirm for us that that's yeah, a thing. I, I'm not sure. I've got a note to, to reach out to. I've been to the beer talking. Yeah, that one's tough. But yeah, 46%, clearly an F, clearly fails. So we're clear, not gonna tip our clearly. not gonna tip our hands. Nope. We'll wait and see. Um but yeah, so character got, background. Do we yeah. want to really get into Constantine? Well, oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So the connection. From, from Watchmen, yep. this is also an Alan Moore-created character. The guy is incredible. Now, I mean, uh, unlike in this movie, Constantine is usually the three Bs, which is what I came up with, <laughs> yeah. blonde, British, yep. and bisexual. Ah, yes. Right, right. And he's and mo- famously modeled. None of those things. Famously modeled after, after Sting. Sting, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I get it in terms of translating the character, making him an American in Los Angeles instead of a, you know, a Brit. I get Do it. You? I can. I don't. Uh, so we'll 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 wait till we get there. I I the only part of it that I was like okay was the blonde because I don't think Keanu Reeves Keanu Reeves looked oh that would have like, been horrible because he's so fair skinned you know the blonde doesn't you know that doesn't bother I don't me. care it's the I, other two that bother it's like me. Daniel Craig as a blonde Bond he's a great Bond so I don't care uh, you know yeah. the hair color doesn't bother no, no in terms of translating you know setting it in America I mean I get it you know. Also, but he, he, he has adventures in America. Let's try that again. What the fuck? Is this right. a kid's book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was introduced because he thought his friend Swamp Thing. Right. That's where uh, he first appears in Swamp Thing. Yeah. Was casting, was doing some sort of spell work that it was actually, I think, Phosphorescence Man. man? You get, Let me try that again. You get me. Phosphorescence Man. That's phosphorescence. Still not, that, Would it be Phosphorescent Man? Yeah. Right. Um, I think so. I'm probably wrong. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, that's when he was introduced, and he's you know heavy smoker. They do get that right in this movie. Sure. Um, and I, I I read that some of the plot points in this movie are taken from specific character arcs in Constantine's comic, which was Hellblazer. That's another thing. The that, whole thing with the cancer. Yeah, the cancer is part of it. Um, his coat's the wrong color. Sure. So he's supposed to wear a, a tan trench coat. They uh, put him in a black trench coat because it's Keanu Reeves. It's, like, hey kids, remember the Matrix? I know kung fu. Which is not definitely a superhero, not a superhero movie. movie. This one is though. So um, yeah. other than the Alan Moore, and interestingly, Alan Moore also has kind of disavowed his credits in this character. He's he's given them to Jamie Delano. I might be saying that name wrong, but the artist who, mm-hmm. you know. It's co- much like Dave Gibbons. I- exactly. Yeah. So uh, Alan Moore, incredibly prolific, crazy smart. Uh, crazy. Very ge- very generous to work with. Yeah. Um, so um, good, good on him. And again, by the time we got to Watchmen, uh-huh. Constantine had come out. V for Vendetta had come out. Yeah. V for Vendetta was like 08. Ra- I think. 07 or 08. Yeah. Yeah. It had to. Yes. Yeah, so it was definitely before Watchmen. Before Watchmen. Right. And League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It was sure. kind of a three strikes you're out. So now I feel like those three movies, because they. Constantine has more faithfulness than the other two. I, yep. Uh, uh, if but, you accept the transplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very faithful. But I think that upset Alan Moore. And now he's like, I'm never going to watch it. And I'm like, but check out Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine now, because he's like. Fucking he's exactly and, what you did. Yeah, yeah, he's like the cool world version of him. Well, uh, so I, you know, put up a random Facebook status last night. It applies to the movie I was watching last night. It applies to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 
So last night I was flipping channels and stopped on Dune. Not you know, a superhero movie. Not a superhero movie. Also not a good adaptation of the novel, but but well, the movie the novel it's, like over a thousand pages? Uh no, it's not no, it's not that big. Um but Oh, okay. It is I've not, never seen the whole movie. So sci fi back in the early two thousands mm-hmm. did an adaptation which was very true mm-hmm. to the novel. And in my opinion, is unwatchable. Uh, I've so, never seen it because of that. Like everyone's like, it's so the, true, but you can't. The Paul Verhoeven Dune is a fun, great science fiction movie. It's not a great representation of the book. In the same way that I think that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie, mm. is a fun movie mm. if you ignore <laughs> the fact that it is theoretically adapting a comic. I got to be honest with you, the Constantine. Well, let's not tip our hands. Uh, yeah. Okay, so a couple other production notes. So in addition to the, kind of the character stuff, so we're set here in February of 2005 is the release frame. So that's four months before Batman Begins. That really? Was June. Yeah. Wow. Oh, boy. They could not be more different. Okay. <laughs> Constantine had a $100 million budget, Oof. did about $75 million at the box office in the U.S., Total worldwide, including the U.S., uh, was $230 million. So that's so, what Black Panther did its first night. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, so directed by Francis Lawrence, who gets his start as a video director. He does a lot of music videos. Um, then does two movies in the Hunger Games sequence, Catching Fire and Mockingjay. Mm-hmm. Also did I Am Legend, Will Smith. And the new um, Black Widow movie, I mean, Red Sparrow. So then um, so the writing credits, again, I like to go through kind of that. Yeah, go right ahead. So um, IMDb credits Jamie Delano, uh, who co-created with Al Moore, mm-hmm. also gives Garth Ennis a credit, who oh. wrote Hellblazer later after, right. well after Al Moore had created him. Um, he did this, like, I think Al Moore just created him for he, Swamp Thing. I, and then Garth I, Ennis I, took kind over of like redefined him. Well, no, or didn't really redefine him, but just did the, hair, the Hellblazer comic. Oh, got it. Okay, that makes sense. I think I may be wrong. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, based on all the reshoots from this week, probably probably are <laughs> nerds. Send us a letter, Tony, or an email. Some other folks in there. So a story and screenplay credit for Kevin Broadbin. He wrote the Siege of Jadotville, which is a very. Uh, I only know this. What? <laughs> yeah, I only know this because. Either our Ireland trip or a Scotland trip, it's got to be Ireland. Mm-hmm. It's the story of um, um, some Irish army troops uh, deployed in Africa as part of United Nations mission, um, and it's kind of like a little bit of they got I've basically attacked by private mercenaries. It's interesting. A, yeah, it's a great movie. It's yeah. a great movie. It's, it's on Netflix. It's worth watching. The Siege of Jadotville, mm-hmm. okay. uh, based on historical events. Also, <laughs> also wrote. The oh, no. Glimmer Man, Steven Seagal, oh, and uh, Mind Hunters, which not the current one on Netflix. It was a, se- I think it was a series. Yeah, it was, it was a, a TV series, British series. I think. Mm, I don't think I'm prob- so. Again, yeah. I'm probably wrong. Uh, and then also Frank Capello gets a screenplay credit as well. He has a lot of credits for video shorts as a writer and also directed a number of video shorts. He wrote No Way Back, starring Russell Crowe and Helen Slater, way back in '95. Whoa. And a movie in 1991 starring a blonde-haired Terry Bollea named Suburban Commando. You, of mm. course, may know Terry Bollea better as Hulk Hogan. Hogan. That's right. Was so, Suburban Commando the one that has the really infamous shot of the guy throwing his dog into the water? Oh, I have no clue. Or is that... What was his other movie? He did Suburban Commando? It is Suburban Commando. Go ahead and look at it. No, Oh, no. I'm, I'm just grabbing a note because I'm sure we're going to have to... <laughs> but sure, I yeah. want you to see it. Just go to YouTube real quick and Suburban Commando dog thrown in water. Okay. Uh, it is. I'll describe it. So he's driving. The beginning of the movie, it's like him driving all over. Maybe it's not Suburban Commando. Anyways, he's driving, and this guy that's clearly not part of the movie 
is he drives by like uh, the ocean. Dog in the ocean. Yeah, go and watch it. And he oh, just, he's a he's that. a huge guy. Oh, there it was. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Did we? Did they just capture? What the fuck was that? <laughs> it's animal abuse. He just tosses his dog oh, right in the ocean. Okay, dear listeners, no worries. So go out to our website, www.tsphc.com, uh, and you will see throwing a dog in the ocean. We're going to link out to this video. That is batshit crazy. What an asshole. So it's that one's not Suburban Commando, but that, that is Hulk Hogan, and that is batshit crazy. <laughs> you don't forget just the part of it where he throws the dog in the ocean. But it, it looks like they clearly, they were just doing the shot, and this it's guy not part of the movie, be, yeah. yeah. That's and it's like nobody was like, whoa, 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 that guy over there. I wonder if so like who, he was trying who, to get the dog to swim or something. Who's to blame more? The guy who threw the dog <laughs> in the ocean or the film crew that didn't go over and do something about it? You know, it was a shot on the motorcycle. So it's mm-hmm. a moving shot. You've got this whole production of moving vehicles and cameras and stuff. So it's not like you're set up on the sidewalk and mm-hmm. you could literally walk across the street. So I'm going to give them a pass. Plus, you know, it was the 90s. It was a different time. Yeah, so we'll what's go- this film's excuse? Oh. Oh, hey So um, with that... Uh- yeah, I think uh, now we're going to hear the beautiful voice say... And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. All right, so the beginning of the movie, the vanity title of Warner Brothers... Yeah, fuck them. They just love to make new things for every single movie. It's cool looking. Yeah. So all the production company credits appear, and then they dissolve as if they're in this kind of burning... Do you know what it's based off of? A nuclear holocaust, yeah. A nuclear blast, yeah. And it looks amazing. Yeah, and that's what hell looks like when we get to it later. Yeah, we'll say it now. I liked it, but it also kind of made me think of... Twister slash Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like the two of them mixed together. Oh, okay. Because the Twister thing did the same thing. All I don't remember. You know, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. It's actually kind of fun. I'll, be- I'll bet it holds up. It was- I remember it being a good movie. Move it along, guys. You know, talking about starting at a pace, we know right from the start that shit's going to get biblical we see a text card on a black screen he who possesses the spear of destiny holds the fate of the world in his hands the spear of destiny has been missing since the end of world war ii Mm. right off the bat again bad news shit's gonna get real yeah that's bad times so then we're in mexico yep and these two guys are digging someplace the one guy puts his foot through the abandoned church floor pulls up something wrapped opens it up it's the nazis Thank goodness they're not around anymore. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wait. Oh, oh God damn it. It's a bronze spearhead. Let's say what it is. because It's I have the a fun, Spear of Destiny. I got a fun little note. Okay, yeah. Do you realize that's the same Spear of Destiny that they use in Hellboy? I only knew that prop. because I, I saw that in a trivia. I think IMDb's trivia notes are always... Uh, Pretty good. Rich. Yeah. 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 Well, it's gotten a little kind of clusterfuck there. Like some of them, it's like, uh, oh, for Man of Steel, where they're like, Henry Cavill and Amy Adams play love interest, even though there's a huge age gap. Yeah. Cause that never happens in Hollywood. Amy Adams is much older. Go fuck yourself, yeah. whoever wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. Someone take away their privileges. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know what? I don't, I don't know this. Do you like horror movies? Uh, I'm not a huge horror movie person. Um, I'm not a fan of. Like the torture porn genre. No, no, that that's um, a different. Yeah. yeah, I like true horror. Yeah, I, I like I like smart horror. So for me, all time favorite horror movie, definitely The Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, which is incredibly intelligent. So, yeah, I don't like torture porn. Okay. Yep. And I also don't like in movies in horror movies when they do what are called jump, jump scares. scares. Yep. 
No when one likes that. Well, no, I like a jump scare when it's done right. In this movie, okay, so let's get to the first jump scare. I wrote them all down. Okay. I hated every single one of them. <laughs> so he takes the Spear of Destiny, this yep. gentleman who, I don't think we ever find out this guy's no, name. No, we don't know his name. Okay, yep. this it doesn't un- matter. unnamed man sure. just starts walking away from the from the church. They're digging, they're digging like in the, the remains. Looking, yeah. like a, the, they're looking the for foundation stuff to sell. Of, yeah. yeah. Yep. And the guy's like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going? And he just walks right out of traffic. Bam. Gets Bam. hit by, the, by uh, a car. Is this Wrecked. a hybrid? Because he didn't hear it until it came right up on him. He is possessed by some spirit. Sure. But we, as the audience, should have heard it. Well, I think we're... We're yeah. operating through him. Yeah. Okay. Nah, I, mean, you know, I don't care enough you, to fight over this. You know, right. you know where it's done really well? Where? Where there's a jump scare that has the noise coming up to it and it still makes you jump is um, paranormal activity. When the seen, demon, as we've discussed, I've never seen it. When the demon shows up, they're asleep. It's quiet. You know, the camera's on them because... Because the whole movie is through the it's, security It's a, it's a found right? footage. Yeah. And he's bought this camera, so he's just, he's just left it on for some reason. I can't remember. Nothing... Or maybe some weird stuff had happened, but the demon hadn't shown up. It's been a while since I've seen it. So anyways, it's quiet, and all of a sudden you hear, and like the, got my, like, yeah. you know, sometimes when you get scared, you get that that yep. shot up your spine. Yeah. I had that. I was like, oh, God. Oh, that was really <laughs> good jump scare, because you, because you, your brain doesn't know what you're hearing, and you just freak out. You're like, I don't know what's happening it's, in it's this, uh, in this, and they use the same thing later. We'll get to it. Okay. Um, so then he walks away from this crash. Right, and just start. He just keeps walking, and then we. Uh, so as he, after he, so he's he is destroyed by the car. He should be destroyed by absolutely, right? and he he looks dead. Uh, and then a uh, a mark like a brand rises on his wrist. Right. Yes. And he pops up and walks away. Mm-hmm. So again, <laughs> shit is not okay. This is uh, this is Nopesville for me. Yeah, that's right. My next my next note is uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf being in this movie knocks it down uh, at least 10% you know what? for to, me. To be fair, this is a pre-batshit crazy Shia LaBeouf. But you see it in this movie a little uh, bit. Listen, listen. I think he's. <laughs> I think he wants to be Marlon Brando. I think he wants to be that actor who is who is you know this larger than life and that will extend into the screen. Dear Shia, it's yeah. never going to happen. I got to be honest with you. I like him in this. So he is the Padawan, the eager yes. apprentice. Yes. You know, and uh, this is a character it, from the comics, too. Yeah. Oh, it is, right. Ch- uh, except in the comics, Chaz Kramer is physically tougher than mm-hmm. Constantine, right? Like, he's yeah. actually... He's like he's pretty much Constantine's muscle. M- sure, sure. When, like physical he can't, physical it, muscle, not magical muscle, but... Right. Constantine is his own magical muscle, but mm-hmm. when incantations and spells, because he actually does those in the comic, right. unlike in this movie, uh, well, we'll, we'll show talk, my hand a little wait, bit. We'll talk about his magic use. In the comics, it is, oh, shit, I can't beat this demon whatever by using that hey go punch it go punch it <laughs> yeah. all right yeah 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 um, but i liked him I, I i liked him i thought it was good it's fine so he we're introduced to him with constantine there's oh well first there's a there's a person who is possessed right. and we know this woman is possessed because she is straight up in the corner of her room <laughs> on the ceiling on the ceiling uh, a lot just, exorcist. Spot, just spouting out latin and uh i looked it up i think it's like yeah the, it's like we, what it, go yeah ahead. no you, i did the same thing it was um we will we'll kill them all or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that something yeah. crazy i yeah. was like oh okay just kill it with fire uh yeah and it's horrifying Con- so Constantine this, is shows up. this is a superhero movie but let you know this is clearly a horror movie so in the way this is our first horror we've we've hit mo- we've hit a lot of genres know, so far but. r.i.p.d 
you know, has the whole element Why? of the Why? afterlife. Listen. Well, I want to, I want to, I uh, want to okay. set context. <laughs> so RIPD has the element of, you know, it's the afterlife and spirits of the dead coming back to our world. But I don't know, but I would not call RIPD a horror movie. No, no, no. It's Th- fantasy. Sure. You know, and this, like modern superhero movies have done, which is, you know, gotten to the point where they can transcend the genre and be other things. Absolutely. And we talked about Winter Soldier is a political thriller in addition to a superhero movie, right? Yes. It, clearly. So good. So first of all, I would, I would suggest that this is a, uh, this is a pretty good uh, representation of film noir. Not 100%. It's positive at the end, which you wouldn't get in film noir. But there's a lot of elements of this kind of film noir genre. And there's elements of horror. I mean, it's... And again... The Spear of Destiny is creepy. The possession of that of the Mexican guy is creepy. Mm-hmm. But when you see the the girl on the ceiling, that's when you're like, yeah, this is not this is this is not terrifying. this is not Batman. It's a different it's a different kind of superhero. Story. <laughs> it's a different kind of fear because you know there's some fear stuff. Sure, but it's, beyond Batman Begins, you know, there's some frightening imagery in all. Yeah, the, but, almost all Batman movies. Except for Batman and Robin, I'm Batman. Uh, there's Batman. the only the only scary thing in that is all the costumes. That is. So Constantine shows up. He thinks that this is just some sort of sub level demon that's in this girl. He actually gets to see it, and he's kind of freaked out by the fact that it seems like it's a higher level demon. The way the demons are done in this movie with their heads chopped, yeah, half chopped took, off, yeah, and then you see like the inside of the skull, and it's like porous, like oh a, my yeah. god. So again. So th- that's a whole theme, like the horror of this. Uh, it's really the intense. other world is horrific. I mean, yes. that's clearly a message in this. <laughs> and and hell's but, bad. But I guess FYI. that's a that's a phenomenal sequence. So he's basically. I did I did in. enjoy the sequence quite a lot. Yeah, he's grabbed he, the mirror. Yeah, it's it's a whole exorcism basically. Um, what does he call him when he puts the mirror up? Does he say? Does he call him vain? Smile, pretty vain prick. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because I, when the demon first sees itself in the mirror, mm-hmm. it is almost entranced by its own image. The demon is in the girl, but the reflection in the mirror shows the demon, mm-hmm. and that it's it like entranced. He gets the demon out into the mirror, and they throw the mirror out the window. It crashes, narrowly missing Chaz's <laughs> cab. End of demon. End of demon. So uh, then the next scene, just setting up the four main pieces of this movie. So we've got Angela, uh, played by Rachel Weisz, yep. doing a phenomenal American accent. Because she is not American. No, not at all. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Rachel Weisz by name, she was in the first two Mummy movies. Right. Uh, she was in The Fountain. She's great. She's great. She's, uh, she's she was great in, in a, a really fun, overlooked um war movie called Behind Enemy Gates with Jude Law and Ed Harris, The Battle of the Snipers. Yes, yes. that's a great oh, that's movie. A phenomenal movie. And, and, and yeah. a great appearance by Hellboy. Ron Perlman. Yes. Yeah. So that's it's right. a really fun movie. It is a good movie. Um, yeah. Ed, I, let me, Ed let me Harris, rephrase that. It's Ed, not fun because war is not right. fun. Ed Harris plays a delightfully chilling, dead-eyed sniper. Yeah. Right? Like he is, it, I, it's, I it's worth the watch. It's not going to ever be in this podcast, but no, it's, it's I, very I can't good. envision how we'd get there. Yeah. Well, let's see. Rachel Weisz was in if a we do comic a war, book movie. If we do a World War Two, if we do a World War Two series, because I love World War Two movies. Well, there's a podcast that just started called Friendly Fire. Give them a little shout out. They're okay. doing war movies. So, so, it, so Rachel Weisz gives this whole confessional. Listen, Father Fiveson, it's been two weeks since my last confession. I killed a man today. Another one. See his face. I just pulled the trigger and he went away. Why do I always know where these guys are? 
where to aim, when to fire. I'm wondering, is there something wrong with me, Father? Something damned? God has a plan for you. He has a plan for us all. So she's clearly a devout Catholic, but she seems to be having a crisis of faith. Yes. I mean, that, that's kind of where she, she's at this cusp. From there, she she's dreaming. Mm-hmm. She dreams that she's in a hospital. She awakens, and she is now, as we will learn, actually perceiving herself as Isabel, her twin sister, who has been hospitalized, presumably for mental illness. Right. Uh, Isabel makes her way to the rooftop. Uh-huh. That same symbol that was burned into the the uh, spear carrier's wrist is burned into Isabel's. Isabel rips her hospital band off. Throws the tag into the wind and then falls into the Into pool. the cross imagery of the pool in the hospital below. I, I had a problem with the cross imagery, but, no, but how, oh, how... We'll get to that theme. because the, But the pool theme, let's talk about that. Let's table that because I want to talk about want, Catholicism in this movie. Yeah, we're yeah, going to the exact same spot. Let's try that again. No, the exact same spot. Spot. So from... Uh, now, Angela awakens from her nightmare. Mm-hmm. From this, we're Constantine's in at the hospital. We see an x-ray of his chest. It is littered New- yeah. with cancer. He's got a shit ton of cancer in his lungs. Uh-huh. And the doctor's basically you know, saying, there's, uh, nothing, you there's nothing you can do. While the doctor's telling Constantine this, uh, Constantine, of course, is lighting up a cigarette. And she says, Yeah, that's a good idea. Also a great line. She's, uh, she says, Don, you really need to prepare. Make arrangements. And, he, oh, and in this very kind of cynical, and again, this gets to the film noir, mm-hmm. the cynicism, it's... No need. I already know exactly where I'm going. So he gets on an elevator. Rachel Weiss is trying to yes. get on the elevator, too. She goes... Hold the door. Keep going down. I wonder if I can help it. And he lets the door close. And I love that for two reasons. A, it's just funny that he says that. It's this fatalistic worldview. He knows exactly... Mm-hmm. You know, he has terminal cancer, and he is squarely going to hell. Yeah. And... It, you know, as he references later, why that's even worse for him than it is for any other person. Mm-hmm. He says, What would you do if you were sentenced to a prison where half the inmates were put there by you? And that's basically what. Oh, almost like Rorschach. Almost like Rorschach, yeah. Not Rorschach. Not Rorschach, right. <laughs> um, we'll condense the plot now because I feel like there's some really good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Book report is over. Now let's just talk about stuff. One thing I want to say yep. before we get into that, that dummy of Rachel Vice that they use when it's the two of them next to each other because that's not split screen because she like touches it and stuff. Oh, when, and when she's uh, identifying when the Angela, body. Yeah. That's an amazing dummy. I looked it up in the notes. She yeah. got her entire body cast. No cast. kidding. That's, that's commitment to that this. That is commitment. You know, the plot is the son of the devil, Mammon, wants mm-hmm. to enter our world yeah. to take it over. To do that, he needs a powerful psychic and he needs the assistance of God. Or a hand of God. Right, right, right. So theoretically, should never happen. As we find that Gabriel, played by Tilda Swinton, who walks on Earth, uh, Gabriel is actually in league with Mammon to help him break through so that uh, in mankind's darkest hours, in our greatest suffering, our true noble nature is revealed, and she will basically purify us by fire. So yeah. in our suffering, we will transcend you know, the worst of our basest instincts, and we will be worthy of God's love. So this movie kind of does the Bartleby and Loki from Dogma. Thing. Oh, yeah. Let it never be said that your anal retentive attention to detail never yielded positive results. You can't be anal retentive if you don't have an anus. Outstanding work. The difference in this is Gabriel thinks that... So I'm going to say I'm going to say he, because you think of the name as 
masculine. Tilda Swinton, famously an androgynous performer. This is one of her most androgynous roles. Uh, 100%. I'm going to say he, that's no disrespect to Tilda Swinton, because if you've seen Trainwreck, she is hot. She is crazy gorgeous. hot. I've it never. Took me a second, yeah. Like, who is this? Oh my god, that's Tilda Swinton. So that's Whoa. not a dig. When I'm, I'm going to call no. Gabriel he and, as the uh, character. So while we're talking about the androgynous, yeah. So she's wearing a suit in the first. Uh, Gabriel. I'm just going to say Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel is where because listen, it's 2018. Who am I to assign gender? That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> that may be right. the most zenial thing I've ever <laughs> said <right. laughs> in a joking fashion. That's right. Um, Gabriel's wearing a suit. In the first scene mm-hmm. that we are introduced to this character in. I'm going to purposely do it the rest of the episode. Yeah. It's going to be a real fun challenge. Yeah, good luck But with then that. when Gabriel shows up at the end, Tilda Swinton has very clearly been taped, bound, bound yeah, yeah, to hide. But yeah. not well, I don't think that, she's busty to begin with. But you can still see that there are breasts there. Yeah. So it's very... But it's but it's almost this, it's this very kind of androgynous male. It could be, you know... She could have just as easily been David Bowie there, you know, like it's in that that kind of realm of blurring very the line of gender yeah. identity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in any event, so in any event, we really enjoy Tilda Swinton in this movie. She's wonderful. <laughs> the whole plot is Mammon's going to come to Earth, and at the end, Constantine finds a way to stop the plan, mm-hmm. ironically by bringing the devil to Earth, calling him by his own death, by Constantine's own death. In the diner scene, Constantine mm-hmm. explains that. The visions that he saw, which during that flashback was another one of the jump scares. And I was like, stop it with the jump scares. Because I knew that one was coming. Even though it's been probably since this came out on video, since I'd seen it the last time. But I still could feel it. She's going to, oh, there she is. She popped up behind him. (laughs) During that, in his teenage years, it seems like. It looks like a teenage Constantine in the ambulance. He commits suicide. Right. And, so he's damned. From this point on, he's damned. Well, and I love the Rachel Weiss's character, Angela, says... You try to kill yourself. And then Constine says... I didn't try anything. Officially, I was dead for two minutes. But when you cross over, time stops. Take it from me. Two minutes in hell is a lifetime. It's Again, heavy shit. So... Yeah. <laughs> and it was a great transition when it's in the ambulance, in the ambulance, and he... Ambul- am, ambulance. ambulance? There we go. Okay. In the ambulance. Yeah. God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> in the ambulance. Yes. It's Constantine. He is very... Teen Constantine. Constantine. Oh! oh. Thank you very much. Hey, uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. God, Try the veal. This is going to be the silliest episode. Keep your waiter. <laughs> yeah, it's very clearly... Committed suicide. Right. They're working on him. He must flatline because it pans out of the uh, of the ambulance, uh-huh. and then it goes, and then it just becomes hell. Right. Uh, there. You know what? Is there a is there an extended cut? Because that. So I watched it on HBO. On I demand. watched it on HBO. So we watched the exact oh, same cut. I clearly missed oh, that no. shot. Tom, okay, you have no. to stop snorting coke That's, when you watch these oh, movies. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! Ooh. Easy guys. Let's talk about some themes and concepts. In sure, here, go this right is ahead. The cool stuff. Throw them at so, me. So Catholicism mm-hmm. in this movie. Now, mm. now I'm not throwing stones. I was raised Catholic. There was okay. a, a good period of time where I wanted to be a priest. Really? Yes, it, right up until the time when I discovered girls. I was like, oh, no, that's not. <laughs> While I am no longer a Catholic, mm-hmm. I certainly, um, I love the ritualistic elements of it, and I love the rich mythology 
mm-hmm. I don't mean that as a slur, but I mean like the 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 mass of material associated with the Catholic oh, faith. Liz, this is not a theological podcast, no, so we will call it yeah. by mythology on this. That's fine. Yeah, that's, I'm fine with that. So the concept of sin obviously mm. plays heavily in Catholicism. Uh, eternal sin? What, what is the... So there's there's venial sin and mortal sin. Mortal right? sin. Venial the... sin is, uh, oh, I told a white lie. Mm-hmm. Mortal sin... Uh, you know, You're going to hell for all time. Yeah. Right, right, like a suicide, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's interesting, you know, this idea of sin and the consequences of sin come through repeatedly through this movie. Right. So let me share with you a couple notes I had with these. Okay, go ahead. Um, and, and see how each of them are punished. Constantine is smoking constantly throughout the film. He has lung cancer. It right. will kill him. Right. He diverts that, but it will kill him, but for his actions. Right. Uh, Father Hennessy, who... He's an alcoholic. Yeah. He's an alcoholic. Who's a great by, actor, great yes, character actor. the wonderful Pruitt Taylor Vince. So he is a corpulent alcoholic priest who also happens to have the gift of visions, right? So he can see things. And I really love the way that there's that scene where he's trying to find, it almost like the next sin. Yes. He's, and, he's got the newspapers spread out and mm-hmm. he's just, his eyes have glassed over mm-hmm. and he's just like moving his hands across all the papers to find a connection to something and landing on Isabel's obituary. My was first introduced because I'd forgotten about this movie yeah. in um, Identity. That's the movie. Oh, I didn't that? see that one. No. Um, so Jacob's Ladder I caught because of the obvious how did this get made. Um, Wait, is he in Jacob's Ladder? He's in Jacob's oh. Ladder. He was on Deadwood, which I think is one of the best original series that HBO has ever done. Except he was that it's a, never had an ending. Well, yes. That, yep, get off absolutely. your asses. I know, right? Uh, he was on The Walking Dead. He was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. He was on The Walking Dead. And he is in one of my favorite, probably one of my top three favorite Paul Newman movies of all time. One of Paul Newman's last movies, Nobody's Fool, mm-hmm. where he plays Rub, set in uh, Bath, New York, upstate New York, oh, uh, little town. Okay. Lo- love that movie. Never seen it. Oh, my God. Watch it. It's phenomenal. What was it called again? Nobody's Fool. I've heard of it. It's phenomenal. I've never seen it. You okay. get to see Melanie Griffith's tits, and they're nice. I mean, it's... Listen. Welcome to Mr. Skin Podcast. Listen, hey, listen. I, you know, I love the movie before that scene, but that didn't make me change my mind. Sure. Bruce Willis is in it. He's wonderful. Do you get to see Bruce Willis tits? No. Boo. 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 Um, Show us your boobs. Uh, but it is a Bruce Willis with hair. You know when he lets wait. his hair grow? Like, oh, like so weird. No, because no, he no, looks wait, like a wait. real guy. Is he growing his hair or is it's, he wearing his tube? Because he has a tube mm, that he it's, wears. No, it's not the Sixth Sense tube. Not the Sixth Sense tube. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, the Sixth no. Sense. No, but it's, uh, that's a great movie. The whole ten, the whole nine yards, whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got. Father he's Hennessy. got. He's got. I'm sorry. One more thing. He has nystagmus, which is the condition that causes a person's eyes to move involuntarily. Uh, in this movie, he he has it under control he, somehow. He has it under control, but in um, identity, he just lets it run wild. Lets it run wild. And it's just like he actually does use it a little bit with the vision thing. Like, but yeah, yeah. Uh, right when his, eyes when his eyes turn up, you yeah. can see it happen real quick. But. In, in Identity, I'm doing it for Todd, but it is literally like, I'm sure you can find a video of it. Um, but be careful what videos you look up because it gives a spoiler away. All right. It's a really good movie if you've never seen it. We are just recommending movies out our asses but, this episode. But we love movies, so this makes sense. We are guys with beers. Um, talking so about- if Chuck was here, he would point out that the nice... De- so Chuck is a law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself as a former law enforcement officer will tell you that the... The horizontal nystagmus test is one of the tests in the field sobriety test kit 
Oh, is that the, the one where you... It's where you follow... Yeah, so they hold up a pencil. That's what it's called? Horizontal nystagmus test. Mm-hmm. So what that is is it's the involuntary movements of the eyes. Uh-huh. Unlike many other elements of a field sobriety test, which you can actually practice, things like a heel-to-toe, the following directions. Those I are can't th- do that sober. Exactly. But those are things, <laughs> those are skills that you can practice, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. The horizontal nystagmus is a is an element of the field sobriety test because it's something that it's involuntary. You don't have control over it. And what they're doing where they're saying, keep your head fixed, staring uh-huh. ahead. And then with moving just your eyes, follow my finger as I go to the side. And I'm now, doing it right now. You're doing it right now. And they'll come back and they'll go that way. How'd I do? You did fine. Yes. When a, when a person is intoxicated, the involuntary flicking of the eyeball to the side. Really? Hap- so that'll happen naturally as you, as you approach the edges of your movement range in your uh-huh. eyes. Um, intox- Again, I wish this was a video podcast because right. we're making all kinds of weird things right. with our eyes. But intox- um, intoxicated individuals will see that twitching sooner. So really? the horizontal nystagmus test is an That's why you knew the word. That's why I knew it because uh, I, was, I was not trained on it. You have to be trained on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not certified in that, but I was aware of what it was. Interesting. I'm sure Chuck was. So, uh, well, Chuck, Chuck, if I got that, if I got, he isn't, he isn't. So I'm sure he doesn't know. Chuck, if I got that wrong, you know, reshoots and reactions. Reshoots. That's right. Um, okay, so we got Father Hennessy's alcoholism. So the wonderful Papa Midnight. Diamond. Played by Diamond Hansu. Diamond Hansu. The D is silent. Who will show up in another movie in Thor's helmet. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star Lord, who? That's right. Uh, he will be killed by Groot. Uh, Drax. Fingertip of throat means death. Move it along, guys. Uh, I would suggest so. Papa Midnight is this powerful former voodoo priest, yeah, who has forsaken the battle between good and evil. He was formerly on the side of good. He's forsaken the battle. He only enforces the balance, and he is now. He now owns this kind of magical nightclub in Manhattan. I really love the meta moment there where, he, where uh, Papa Midnight is explaining. Listen, John. Demons stay in hell. Angels in heaven. The great detente of the original superpower. Constantine's. Thanks for the history lesson, Midnight. You've been a tremendous help. Sorry for the exposition in this movie, folks. So I would suggest that Papa Midnight's strict neutrality, not taking sides in this war, might suggest the sin of sloth. His inaction allows evil to occur. Angela's lie. So we'll find out later. Um, Angela and Isabel, identical twins, both have psychic abilities. Right. When they were young, Angela recognized that people didn't believe them, and she started denying her abilities. And Isabel, you know, who was being true to her gifts, saying... Angela, tell them what you see. Tell them you see these things. And Angela denied her sister in the mm. same way that Peter denies Christ three times. And it is Angela's denial of her of their common abilities yeah. that leads Isabel down the path of of you know uh, incarceration or uh, institutionalization and ultimately her suicide. Um, so Chaz, Chaz Kramer, played by Shia LaBeouf, <sighs> right. This eager apprentice wants, you know, is thirsting for Constantine to train him to allow him to learn this craft. Uh-huh. He envies Constantine. Jesus he envies Constantine's 
expertise and abilities. He sure does. And he pays for that ultimately in his death as he's killed by Gabriel. <laughs> and uh, while, while we say that, while he's been killed by Gabriel, my notice, they killed Shia LaBeouf. Yay! It's <laughs> a moment we can all feel good about. Uh, and finally, I would suggest that Gabriel's hubris of second-guessing God's intent, yeah. saying, you know, you're not, you know, God loves you so it's not fair. He literally, Gabriel literally says it's not fair that God loves man so much. Who is Gabriel to second guess the omnipotent uh, God? And it is that hubris that leads to Gabriel's downfall. All right. Todd, that yes. was a great theology lesson. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, some things I didn't like. Now okay. that we talked about the stuff, because I agree with all that. That's yeah. really good stuff in the movie. Some things I didn't like. Sure. Product placement. Oh, okay. Product placement in this movie. It's a fun joke, but it's also product placement, so I don't like it. When Constantine is going to Papa Midnight's bar. Yep. Uh, do we ever know the name of the bar? I don't think we do. Okay. If, so, someone, if someone knows that, please tell us. Please tell us. Did you catch the billboard across the street? No. It said, time's up, because Constantine has just found out he has terminal cancer. It's like, ah, that's funny, but it was for uh, some Chevy Interesting. car. I was like, okay. That's the second place where billboards suggest a little double entendre. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a handful of those, in, right? In so there's Thor's a helmet. Uh, no, no, I mean in this movie. So there's a. Oh, I didn't uh, catch the second one. Yeah, so it's. Um, oh yes, when the uh, you go ahead. No, no. no. Uh, so I, I I remember that it was there. I, when it's a play the, on the dairy. Campaign. When the spear carrier. Yes. And this is an actual ad campaign that was out there. We're following the spear carrier. Yep. He gets to the Mexican U.S. border. Yes. He just fucking jumps. Right over it. All that's missing is the Bionic Man sound. And geez, if only somebody had the wherewithal to build a bigger wall. A bigger wall. I will build a great, great wall. Oh, shut the fuck up, Tommy. On our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay. For that wall. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. But then we find him walking up to like this it, ma and pop. It's like a little, like a store Country on the store side thing. of like the desert highway. Right. And there's a guy in a car. And there's a guy in a car, and then it does a shot from behind. It does a shot back from where Down the, the spear carrier has just walked. Yep. And there is a sign, and it says, Got Faith. And it is water being poured into a wine glass, and halfway through, it becomes red wine. Right. So play on the I like that one. I don't have a problem with that one because that was a real ad campaign that was going on. The Chevy one just kind of seems like, we want to be in this movie. (laughs) Interesting. Let's talk about magic in this movie. Because Constantine fits into the magical realm of superheroes. Now, both DC and Marvel have this kind of corner of their universe, yeah. right? Let's stick with, with DC and yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, of course. Here, here's of a course. fun thing with that. He can defeat Superman. Because we know Superman, Superman is famously is vulnerable to magic. To magic. One of the, well, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. I can't remember who, but did you ever see the Superman Thundercats crossover? <laughs> uh, surprisingly, no. <laughs> no I, I apparently I, missed that one. I They had some preview of it in, like I think, Wizard Magazine. Hey, Wizard. Kids. Remember Wizard? Oh. <laughs> remember Magazines? <laughs> Wizard or something, and I was like, "All right, I'll read Wizard it here. was great. I was reading it, and you know, Lino and Panthera, and uh, they all Cheetah and all they 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 show up in Metropolis, and Superman comes down. He's like, "You can't be here." Lino takes his sword, shoots um, a beam. Sword of the Ancients. Was sword that of the Ancients. Yeah. I, yeah. Listen, listen, I'm surprised I pulled out you, those three fucking names. I feel like you better drop. You better drop in. No, no, I, this is a this is a. Oh, but didn't he have comic. like an iconic? Wasn't uh, like by the power of Grayskull. He had a, like a. He said, rich- Thundercats, ho! 
oh, that's all that he, he was did? saying. Oh, yeah, okay, that was it. Right. Okay. Um, but he <laughs> right. he said, and all this time, it's like in comics when it's an alien language, it's just a bunch just of hieroglyphics yeah. type stuff. Um, he points it at uh, Superman, shoots out a beam, it hits him, and you know Superman gets blown back like three blocks, crashes into something. He goes, "Oh, that felt like dot 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 magic." I'm out. <laughs> I'm fucking out of this count. <laughs> and I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. do this. No. So yeah, Superman is vulnerable to magic. Right. Constantine is a magic wielder. Yeah. Uh, Z- Zatanna is another Zatanna, one. Zatanna. Yeah. Zatara. Zatanna's father. Sure. Uh, Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate. Famously, Doctor Fate. Right. These He's are all the those, people who like, could take cosmic out level Superman. Yeah. Are all the ones. So uh, you know, you made a reference. Just wanted to, to make sure my nerd grid uh, was that's showing. Right. That's right. Um, so Constantine. Is I would describe him as a mechanic. He's a magical mechanic in this movie, not in the so in the comics. He's a magic user, right? He can cast spells. He, he cast spells. Right? D- does um, ritualistic magic. Can, it, it, he can, does um, pentagrams and sure, symbols. Sure, all those ritual. Yeah, so, really bugged me in this so movie that, that not, didn't happen. Yeah, they even make a joke. They make a joke when um, when Constantine first goes to hell. Yep, uh, Angela's like. This is some kind of spell or something. Don't you need candles and a pentagram for it to work? He goes, what, do you have any? <laughs> I was like, okay, C- could he, though? Because on Legends, he just did it to get them someplace. So, so clearly in the comics, that's he's a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, you know, he's almost this. He is a magical Batman. He's got a magical utility belt, essentially. Sure. And he's, got a, he's got a gadget for every scenario. He's a magical James Bond. Beeman, his his friend Beeman, his Q, yeah, right, is or, Q, yeah, his Q, his yeah. Q, yeah, he's absolutely Q, right. So, so we first meet Beeman when he comes to Constantine's apartment. He's basically giving him a new load of equipment. He gives him wooden shavings from the assassination attempt on the Pope, uh, holy water ampules from the River Jordan, a screech beetle and a little matchbox from Amityville, <laughs> um, and he explains that the, their sound is like nails on a chalkboard to the foreign. And Dragon's Breath, which looks like this kind of almost like steampunk brass tubular. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a steampunk flute, and it and it's a flamethrower. Yeah. it's pretty badass. It's, it's very badass. Um, um, but 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 every time we see, so we see Constantine use a lot of magic, but it's always either in this very mechanical, like there's a device behind it, or ritualistic. So he's you know he broaches Papa Midnight in 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 the bar because Papa Midnight has a has the electric chair from Sing Sing that <laughs> yeah. Constantine can use to cross over to hell. Um, the first time that we see Constantine confronted by demons, uh, he and Angela are out in the street and he knows that bad things are coming. He burns a rag, which I think in the director's commentary is... A piece suppo- of the shroud of A piece of, of the shroud, right. Yeah. Again, it's a device. And that seems like it, if it's a piece of the shroud of Turin and he burns it there... Constantine is using a last, a last it's a last stand effort. kind of yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but it kind of plays in this idea that there's a price to everything, right? So probably the simplest tool he's got, but maybe my favorite one in the movie, Balthazar, is a demon played by Gavin Rossdale, the who's rocker. So good in this. Who's wonderful. Uh Constantine oh. beats the crap out of him with a holy brass knuckles with crosses in the knuckles. And in the director's the commentary in the director's commentary, it says something about the gold it's, is from the crusade, it was like holy Is it a relics. Piece of the Ark of the Covenant, 
It or was some. It was some holy relic yeah. that was that was melted down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so all I could think though during that scene when he beats his face, I'm like, oh, he's he's just created Two Face. Yeah, he did. Nice suit. He's first burned really Balthazar yeah. with the holy water, and it, yeah, yeah, it, he looks like Two Face. I think I saw the the credit. I think I saw a credit for Sam Winston. Um, sure. For the demon designs, which makes sense because well, they're, they're, most of the demons are CG in this movie. But sure. when Constantine first goes to hell to check on Isabel, that one demon that smells him—that's yeah, yeah. very clearly a puppet. A puppet. Very well done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. And, and then the effects when else. Balthazar is doused with the holy water, it's his par- human it, facade melts away. It's dear it's Hollywood, horrifying. Please listen. It is what they should do. It is clearly real makeup. But parts of it are being accentuated by computer generation. Yes. And they're starting to get it. The Force Awakens, your favorite movie. <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. Hashtag sarcasm. Ungar plot. Uh, the guy, the two quarter portions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very clearly, a man in a suit. That man in the suit is Simon Pegg. Right. Um, <laughs> it's just great. Uh, but his mouth is computer generated because oh, that's. That's one of the hard things to do with those kind of puppets. Yep. Is, is get the that mouth kind and not make it look like yep. it's an animatronic thing going, I'm going to talk to you Got right it. now. Oh, interesting. So that's the kind of, that's, I'm hoping Hollywood is learning the lesson that it needs to be physically there. Practical plus uh, 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 virtual. <laughs> Welcome to the special effects podcast in Jurassic World. Yep. When Vincent Sonofrio goes up to Blue, when he is, when Blue is. They're in like the har- almost in their like harnesses. That, that, that's all computer generated. I'm like, this should just be a puppet. Oh, just be a puppet in there. Yeah, and it's just the head. So you don't need bad. the whole body. Yeah, yeah. it's just oh, mm. that's too bad. Well, I would think it would be nice for actors to be able to re- to interact Actually, with something, something that was there. Yeah, because I don't think Instead anything of the green was ball. there. Yeah, probably. I don't even think there was a green ball. He just knows he needs it's to look in at the, the cage. cage. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, so the last bit of magical utility, um, and it's one of my favorites. What I love about it is we don't spend any time other than when Beeman makes his first drop of equipment and he just mm-hmm. tells him what it is, we don't spend a lot of time like, how is Constantine able to use this? What are the origins? Like, it just works. I like that piece, almost like he takes it for granted, which kind of plays into the cynicism of the movie. But the the last one he uses, and my favorite, is on his two forearms, he has this, uh, he has this alchemical, it's has an the, alchemical tattoo. It's, it's the Red the King. Hollows. It's yeah. It's it's a, a triangle it's, with a, with a yeah, circle. It, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's probably what they base the Deathly Hollows on. This is a real. I think. Well, I think. Yeah. So I saw some trivia. It's a alchemical reference to the red to sulfur, the Red King, and I think they just like the way it looks. But you know, the two halves of the te- of the triangle on each of his forearms mm-hmm. as he brings them together, it's clearly some powerful effect he has to like channel his strength to do it and that is like this true seeing light that reveals the invisible gabriel at the end in the final confrontation right what do we feel about keanu reeves physical acting in this movie there are parts where it's great like i love that he even though it's a very wide shot after the demons attack them and he uses the shrouded turin yep i loved you know it's on fire and he's done with it so he kind of like throws it down i was like oh that's good the camera's so far away from you you didn't have to do that yeah and i love him using the force to put the two tattoos together he strains to bring his Mm -hmm. arms together right like it's and i think keanu reeves has the best i've just been injured and i have to fall uh 
landing, it's like his, it's like the Keanu Reeves landing, like we talk about the superhero, <laughs> the superhero. landing. Yeah. It feels like that. What I don't like in this movie mm-hmm. is his cough. And maybe it's just, I don't understand how painful it is to have, Lung and cancer. hopefully I never right. do. Yeah. To uh, be literally coughing up blood. Yeah. Um, but it's just it, like that scene where Balthazar comes in to um, Papa Midnight's Bar. Papa Midnight's Bar. Yep. And he's there and he goes to leave and starts coughing. His physicality there is a little over the top for me. You know, I, I, so I, I hear you. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think he's certainly accentuating the fact that this is not like, oh, I got a tickle in my throat. It's mm-hmm. literally, this is going to kill me. Right. I got to be I like his physicality. Um, so Matrix, not a superhero movie. <laughs> Sorry, Erica. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, clearly establishes it there. We see it here. You know, I feel like he's very physical. And I would suggest that there's no better place to see it than in the John Wick movies. The guy has an amazing ability to move in he's a way that looks great tr- on film. He's a black belt. Uh, I think I've read that. I, mm-hmm. I've certainly seen the videos of his uh, firearms training for John Whoa. Wick, which is... That shot where tactical, he's just going from weapon yeah, to weapon. That, that is yeah. tactical training, and that is hardcore, and he is doing it beautifully. Yeah, he's really... Um, but, I lo- yeah, I like him. I mean, I like Keanu I'm Reeves. not saying I don't yeah, like him. I'm yeah, just, yeah. like, the coughing the was for a you little... Was too much. Yeah. Okay. What I did like, visual effects-wise, yeah. all the angels, their eyes have that white glow, and the demons, theirs seems to come when something evil is happening. Yeah. They get a red glow, like when Father... Father Hennessy. When Father Hennessy is trying to... Wait, his name is Hennessy and it's he's Hennessy. an alcoholic? It's Hennessy, yeah. That's a little... It's a little the, he's a created character for the movie. He, he's an amalgam He's an amalgam like, of like three different... Yeah, yeah. but... Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The, yeah, the alcoholic is named Hennessy? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> well, I may just have to lower my score in this movie a little oh, more. Oh, no. Oh. Um, did you catch when Keanu Reeves is walking through the bar? There was an angel and a demon making out. Yes. Uh, I didn't catch that the first time when I rewatched it just to refamiliarize myself because we had a fucking storm here in Syracuse. Right, so we, and we, we had, had delayed by yeah. a couple weeks here. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. This. <laughs> uh, it's neutral territory. So yeah, apparently that's the one Very neutral. Again, Hello. So I started thinking in terms of concepts I wanted to talk about. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I originally wrote down the ritualistic magic of heaven and hell. It's the Catholic ritualism yeah. permeates this movie, right? So from the. From the very beginning of the Spear of Destiny, that's a very that's very you know Catholic heavy, <laughs> yes. um, right? Then the, uh, the exorcism. We, wait, sure. should we explain what the Spear of Destiny is for someone? Who's oh, sure, not great idea. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so by by legend, the Spear of Destiny is the spear that the Roman soldier who uh, stabbed Jesus on the cross. Make sure he's not faking it, yeah. uh, and he stabs him. And that Roman soldier's name is. Longinus, because of course it is, because he's right. going to live. Because because he does that, he is damned to walk the earth for the rest of time. Sure, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, little Ian, on the nose with the name. The That's right. Uh, but in legend, so the then the 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 spearhead of his weapon is imbued with holy power because it has pierced the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got that the you know the exorcism where we first see. Uh, Constantine, the the fact that we first meet Angela in a Catholic confessional. I mean, again, the Catholicism is so heavy because Catholicism has such a rich tradition and such a rich history. Right. There's so much to draw on. So in answer to your earlier question, do I like horror movies? Not generally, but when I do like horror movies, they draw on those kind of mythological elements mm-hmm. of Catholicism because there's a lot of rich 
storytelling in there. Um, and, and certainly this idea of, you know, mammon, summon, son of the devil and bring about an apocalypse. Those are the kind of things that I find very interesting, probably yeah. because of my, you know, it's probably the last vestiges of my Catholic <laughs> upbringing. You know, those are so right. very appealing to me. And as, you know, as a, um, I don't know if I'm an atheist or an agnostic. Sure. I don't want to go atheist because maybe there is something out there, whatever. I, I do like that all too. And I just remembered that on Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm another DC property, there was a whole story arc for the second season where they were trying to reassemble the, the sphere, sphere of destiny. destiny. Really? And I think, I just looked at the picture. I think it looks, I think it's the same sphere. That's three. It's pretty it, close. It's pretty, it's certainly close in design. I, I, I would assume that that must be what historical Roman spears from that era would look like. But the spearhead is, it's a long spearhead. With like some a, cuts a leaf, in the front of it. A yeah. leaf bladed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I just remembered that when, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, hey, Legends did a Spear of Destiny storyline too, which I thought was weird on a on a, yeah. a broadcast network. They give a history lesson on it. They're not just like, eh, Spear of Destiny has magical powers. Like, oh, it's a spear that stabbed Christ. And I'm like, well, you're time travelers that fix historical problems. So you on the show are acknowledging that Christ actually happened. I was like, that's a bold move. It's a bold move. It's a bold move. This is also the show that has actual bisexual characters on it. So one closer than Constantine, the movie. That's right. I love the idea that, and we'll see this in other movies like Legion and The Prophecy, where angels are not this kind of smiling, benevolent, not a cherub, right? Mm -hmm. But they are almost equally horrific as demons. So Gabriel is frightening in his alien perspective um, and his willingness to basically sacrifice all of humanity to hell on earth in order to purify us. You know, Balthazar just looks uglier under his skin. Right. I would say, suggest that they're, they're equally alien to our human experience. Question. Yes. When we see Gabriel at the end, Gabriel has a whole bunch of... Like hospital Hospital bracelets. tags. Yeah. What are those? You know, if this was a Christopher Nolan movie... We'd be fine with the fact that he asks a question I'm, and will never answer it. I'm fine with the question never answered, but I, I'm wondering are those are we're, those the first the, people that Gabriel helped like manipulate to, to help or even ascend to help ascend to heaven? No. Uh, so he, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he operates wholesale, not retail. Like he's Oh, know. is that so maybe that's the imagery they're trying to go is that Gabriel takes oh. Oh no! I no! I just mean like I don't think he cares. He doesn't care about individual humans. Actually, he technically doesn't care about us. He actually says that he's going to make us worthy of God's love. Now, is that are we talking actual theology or just this? No, movie? this is I a take. This, this okay. is a take on it. I okay, mean, but again, it explores in, in this the idea Bible, that these yeah. are Old Testament angels. This is God's wrath angels. Yeah, these it, aren't the God's love of the New Testament. You, you know, it's a really interesting genre of movies. This whole angels on earth is not good for humanity. Right. So unlike, let's see, what was that? Michael with Jonathan Travolta, which is like, <laughs> well, that's a, that's the opposite end, right? So he's the Archangel Michael. I just love that we, we're going to talk about Michael now. Yeah. I, so that's a fun movie. It sure is, yeah. He is not, he, he is warm and fuzzy and wonderful there. Absolutely. Except this, when he headbutts that poor bull. There is this genre of movies, right, mm-hmm. that angels, in it, you could really put into the horror category. So- Legion, starring Paul Bettany. Oh my God! And uh, Carl Urban, is he the other one? No, it's no, uh, it's, it's um, the guy who plays Juggernaut. Oh no, um, the guy who plays Blob. 
Blob. Who was on um, uh, Lost, which you never watched, but he is fucking terrifying on Lost. And that's Gabriel in Legion. He's And he is horrifying in Legion. Yeah. Um, When you want a horrifying actor, you get that guy. guy. Uh, the the prophecy series, which the first one was really good, starring, I believe, Elias Cotius, who played Casey Jones in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, yeah, really there it good. is. Yeah, and, and then that spawned a whole bunch of sequels, um, including um, Christopher Walken in it. He might be in. Is he in all of them, or is he in just the second I, one? I thought he was the in the third one. Move it along, guys. Would we put the Omen in there? No, because no, that's no. just the that's devil. demon. No, no, I'm describing. Oh, you're talking angel. I'm, uh, I like, got you. Angels um, are like bad for humanity. That's the genre I'm talking about. Um, those are good movies. We talked a little bit about when Isabel falls into the pool in the ho- in the hospital. It's clearly a cross shape, right? Um, at the end, when Angela has been taken by Gabriel, brought here to be the center of this ritual, she Gabriel has the spear, mm-hmm. and he's going to, um, you know, Angela will be the portal through which Mammon enters the world. She is pulled out of this out of this pool in a perversion of the baptism ritual. Um, and yeah, so uh, my question there yeah. is, is uh, Isabel's fall, you know, she obviously, she commits suicide. That is very clear in the movie. She does it. What's Isabel's reasoning for committing suicide? Is it a sacrifice so that it leads her sister on the path to realize that? I, no, I don't think so. I don't no? think so. Okay. I, I, think, I think she has been so tormented that Because that she says her- Constantine. Oh, that's right a good before point. she jumps. Yeah, that's a good point. So, is that maybe her her last hope? Maybe help it, me, Constantine. It, you're my it, only hope. Yeah. Is it is it the Princess Leia? Okay. Yeah. Isabel has left a note for Angela by drawing on the window in the streets <laughs> Corinthians of her finger. Seventeen, seventeen, which doesn't exist in our Bible, but Constantine says Corinthians goes to twenty one X in the Bible in hell. They call him Acts, which is a weird thing. They should be chapters. Chapters is how you typically yeah. refer to chapter and verse within a chapter within a book. Verse. They uh, refer so, to them as acts. Yeah, that I was weird, that. but there are 21 yeah. acts in, in the Hell's book of Bible. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about Constantine's plan in this movie. Okay. Yeah. So he is he is committed suicide. He's going to hell. Lucifer himself is going to come and collect him when it's time. Right? He is the, yeah. Constantine says that he is the one soul that Lucifer would come back up on earth like himself, Lucifer to has like a rage boner. He has got a, as huge, Chuck put it, he's got a six foot erection with a cheeseburger on the end of it. <laughs> so his whole plan is now he's trying to get rid of as many demons as possible on Earth or the half breeds. What he, does he call them? Yeah, so they're half right. So again, we've again back to like to, the ritualistic rules of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Right there's this rules of the conflict. Angels and demons cannot physically manifest on Earth. Right, they half breeds as they're called. Can exist, but all they can really do is like suggest to Make people, they whisper in ears, right? And his his plan is to get rid of many of them as possible to earn, re earn God's he's love, try- right? And, and Gabriel chastises him for that. In the first scene, we see Gabriel right. still trying to earn your way back into heaven. That's not how it works. That, but he still tries to do it the rest of the movie. He's absolutely trying to do it. Except nerd fight. Well, Doesn't John a- attempted murder of Angela? When she, he brings her in, that's to, not attempted murder. No, she dies. No, she. No, 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 no. That is that. Is, I would think that is a gross mic- mischaracterization of that. 
first of all, does she does he not hold her underneath the water in the tub until the last bubble goes? First of all, how dare you? <laughs> that is a gross mischaracterization. But doing that, or even no. bringing no, no, someone into is... this world of torture that sh- that she has, wouldn't that renege all the good faith that he's done? No, no. no. All he's doing. Are you sure? So all he is doing is helping her reawaken the gifts that she has suppressed. And of course, even the view on his gift, quote unquote gift, um, Constantine describes his own abilities as a curse. Gabriel describes it as, as a gift. Um, but, you know, it's this very kind of, this concept of sin and and the idea of, of paying for things, that nothing yeah. is free, everything costs something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, Angela cannot simply just flip a switch and reconnect with these abilities she's suppressed. It, it comes at a cost. And and the price is this horrific experience, which she must come close to death in order to kind of pass through the veil. But also, she, he doesn't tell her. Well, he does. No, he, he, do, he says... He says, what does, she, what does she ask him before she gets into the pool, into the tub? What does she ask him? She, she says, how long do I have to stay under? And his response is... As long as it takes, he's not trying to kill her. He's just but he holds her down, and she because he knows she hits him and keeps hitting, which is a great which, scene, which is a fucking terrifying scene. But I think it, that, it went on the perfect amount of time to make that very it's uncomfortable. A, yeah, it, it's a very well done scene. There's yes, enough, absolutely. You know, I I think there's some cuts in there where you see you don't you know. So there's an overhead shot where you see her underwater. Well, yeah, it cannot a, be a continuous right, shot. Then there's a shot from the side where R.I.P. Rachel Weiss. <laughs> that's right. Where you see like the side of the bathtub, and uh-huh. for all we know, she's got a small air tank in there with her. Or for all we know, it is or okay. Rachel, put your head under the water and flail. Right, all right, cut. cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it's, the, a, it's very it's, well done. It's scene. Movie but magic. He is not trying to kill her. He's only he's only helping her break through these barriers that she's built. All right. We're going to agree to okay. disagree on that one. Oh, you, wait, you think, wait, yeah, I really why think... Does he, why would he want to murder I her, I think, but even doing that... that no sense. But even doing that, it is attempted murder. No, that's a... that's In a court of law that's not equipped to understand what he's dealing exactly. with. Exactly. In a court of law, they would not recognize angels oh, look, and demons. He they would, would recognize, get- hey, this guy, John Constantine, held this police officer... Angela Listen. underneath the water until the last bubble went. Listen, I'm not saying don't get caught there. I mean, you know, listen. I mean, that's if just a cop smart. walked in at that point, are you a cop? Are you a cop? Are you a cop? But if a cop walked in at that point, Constantine yes, is fucked. Of course, but that's because the cop can't understand what's happening. Yeah, okay. okay, easy guys. During that scene, the the bathtub attempt. The bathtub attempt. Scene. Oh, you said it. So it's, the alleged. It is on. Oh, nope. It is on record. The alleged that you said it. attempted murder. I'll let the record show that Todd agrees with me. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? <laughs> They're flirting before it happens. Like she's like. So do I have to take the rest of my clothes off or can I move them on? Why are you well, suddenly flirting well, she, an hour and ten minutes into this movie? Uh, yeah. So it felt really out of place. Like if we go all the way to the end, they almost kiss at the end. It's not a romantic movie. Again, but, but, further evidence of the film noir nature. There's not a romance there. But it's, it is it is thin rose level relationship. They do not like Ouch. each other. The Ouch. whole movie, and all of a sudden, one of them does something like, "Oh, I love you now." Nah, <laughs> no, not, a, not, a, a, not a fan. Not a fan. It's a hard pass. Okay. Yeah, it's a hard pass on that. I, I, and if it had been like that, like after the elevator scene. And she says something to him when they both end up at the church. Yep. She says, um, so you're rude no matter where you are? Yes. If that had been a little more flirtatious, like, yeah, you're a dick, but 
you're also a good looking guy. And then there had been like maybe one or two more. And then that flirting had happened in the bathtub scene. I would have been okay with it. It was just so out of left field to suddenly for her to be like, so uh, after you awaken my psychic powers, you want to go. So 30 minutes before the end of the movie, hey, John Constantine finally uses an incantation. When he's trying to put his hands together, yes. his arms together, he starts spouting something oh, in Latin. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Uh, also, back to when um, Beeman is yep. reading from the cool. Hell Bible, I'm wondering if that Latin it, to English is right or if it's just gibberish on the page. That's oh, just, that's a, an interesting that's just an interesting you know, thing. If somebody knows Latin and wants to take a look at that, tell us, is that correct? I'll, I'll bet it is. I, I'd be like surprised what, if it's not. Not even like... It looks like it's Latin on the page, but is what is on the page what Beeman is saying, or they just put a bunch of Latin words on the page? I, you know, it's not like it's not like Dothraki where you got to invent the language. I mean, it's Latin, <laughs> and people it's a Latin is a scholarly language. There's people, but that, it is also technically a dead language. So not in Vatican City. It's the only place on earth where ATMs are in English and in Latin. Are they really? Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Hey yo. Uh, Wait, yeah. So if someone knows, Latin, give out take gold? a look at that. <laughs> That's right. Or is it? Is it? Just, it gives out lira. Uh, Some sort of Vatican haven't they moved money. To the, haven't they moved to the euro? I believe they've moved to the euro. Okay. They're, they're does it give EU? out? Okay. So does probably. it give out euros? Yeah, or does it give out no, like Vatican money? Well, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> you're welcome. You. Move yeah. it along, guys. I think that's reinforcing where this movie sits. Yeah. And which is, but for the ending, which is surprisingly positive. Huh. But for the ending, this sits pretty squarely in the film noir genre. Now. It doesn't have to be a detective movie to be film noir, but, but there often, off, often yeah. they are. And this, this definitely is, is a mystery. It's a gumshoe. He's a gum, he's a magical gumshoe, right? Sure. And all of those elements, the the lack of the romance between them. I mean, his world weary cynicism for both sides of the conflict. He's no fan of either he, heaven he's, or hell. He sees the hypocrisy but, of absolutely. both sides of it. I mean, again, this kind of squarely puts it into this place, and I think that the the awkward will they won't they which ultimately ends the movie with a no they won't is <laughs> spoiler is alert. that no spoiler is you know tells you exactly where that sits so there's that shot when shit who is it is it gabriel is doing some sort of incantation it shows all the demons hanging out in somebody gives an incantation and you see them all turn around and no, look. So this, so Constantine has used the chair. So if, he's convinced Papa Midnight. He's convinced Papa Midnight. It's after. So I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that they use the same shot twice. Did you oh, catch this? No. What What I'm saying is that there's twice when um, you mean there's the, a shot and they just turn the one on a in Dutch angle. Oh, you son of they a. They do. Bitch. One of them's a Dutch angle. No and shit. it's all the demons turning around, their eyes are red. And then when Constantine shows up at the hospital, when it's he physically the same shot. Up. Yeah, when he physically shows up, it is just not tilted to a Dutch angle. It is a normal shot, and it's all of them turning around again. So we see Constantine cross this barrier twice. The first time is in Angela's apartment where he has the cat. He takes his shoes off and he puts his feet in the water. Oh, That's oh. when he retrieves Isabel's bracelet. He, yes. And he I'm says, not talking about the actual demons. I'm talking about like the half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yep. Uh, that's the first time he crosses the the threshold, mm-hmm. and he comes back. And he's like, "Yep, your sister's in hell. She's fucked. Good luck." Oh, I love I love the way that he he tells her that he knows to, to kind of prove because it feels like up to this point Angela is still doubting. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, She's a doubting Angela. 
But, oh boy. Is Angela and Isabel's brother's name Thomas? Yeah. Him saying twins. And her You were twins. What did you say? She killed herself once. Holy shit, I didn't tell you that. That was a really it's, cool way of look, being like and then him just holding Listen, out. If you the, don't uh, like this movie, you can't place fault at either of their feet. Once again, there's nobody in this movie that you point to and go, "Oh, asterisk they took it Shia down. LaBeouf." Um, <laughs> there's no one else in this movie that is not a good actor. Yeah. So the second time we see Constantine pierce the veil of worlds is he has convinced Papa Midnight to abandon his neutrality and help Constantine. So Papa Midnight has this. Raiders of the Lost Ark level vault of magical artifacts, right? <laughs> yes, like he does. In in Manhattan, below the bar, like holy shit, that's it's amazing. In so, L.A. Or I'm sorry, in L.A. Yeah. Right. So I said that earlier in the episode, so I was wrong then too. Yeah, boy. Uh, but uh, so he has the electric chair from Sing Sing, which sent over <laughs> 200 souls to the afterlife, <laughs> and of course, that's the kind of again the ritualistic magic. That's mm-hmm. the kind of artifact you would use to make this happen. So this time, this allows Constantine to see the journey of the spear carriers. That ends with the spear carrier has made his way to the hospital where Isabel died. And at the hospital, the half-breeds have assembled. They're almost like waiting the birth of a child. They are awaiting the birth Birth. of Mammon. Yeah. Um, But that's where you see. And that's another jump scare when all of a sudden one of them turns around and sees like spiritual Constantine and grabs him and Papa Midnight has to pull him out. Yeah. That's um, the did you, So that's the that's the Dutch angle and then when he goes there physically and then when he goes there, it's not. Yeah. When he turns on the uh the sprinklers and it sprays ho- holy water. Did you catch who the girl was who says holy water? So I did not catch it in the watch. That is Michelle Moynihan. Yep. Uh Michelle Moynihan is also uh a voice of Wonder Woman in Justice League I, War. I saw that. Yep. And in one of my favorite uh, Shane Black movies, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I have not. You've oh, talked about so it. so good. You've talked about it. We need to do, not for the podcast, we need to do a double feature of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys. Okay. That's oh, a, I would do that. That's a great double do feature. Um, but, I, but I did catch that she originally had a, a storyline in the movie playing, and this pulls from the material from Hellblazer. Constantine has a lover, a half-demon, Elsie, I believe it is, or Essie? Essie. Essie. Cut in the movie, but remains only in that scene. It's a brilliant ruse. So Constantine and Chaz go to the hospital. They know that this is the ground zero for Mammon to enter the earth, and they split up immediately. Always a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Never Never split the party. You know, fuck Scooby-Doo. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's a horrible idea. (laughs) But Chaz goes to the hospital's... fire suppression system, the sprinkler system, They're opens wide. up the tank and then pl- plunges this silver cross relic that he's gotten from Papa Midnight into the water. I did like that he had to kind of shove it in there. It took a second. It wouldn't go in just right away. That's what she said. Or he said. However, they made the same kind of joke at the beginning with the demon in the mirror. They couldn't get the mirror out the window because it was too big. Sure, sure. One, one a movie, once oh, again. You only get one. Please. Okay. Um, so... Oh, oh, speaking of tropes. Yes. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go way back. I think tropes might have to be a section because I noted tropes as I was going. If we like this format, maybe we'll talk about tropes. tropes. And we can even, if we go back to the old format, we yeah. can put them in. Yeah. Uh, my, mm, this is like 
Dutch angle level oh, anger no. I have oh, with this. Oh, no. When they are in the lobby of the hospital, when they're yep. going up to Isabel's room. Yes. Constantine asks Angela. So you had it committed? Yeah. How long? She doesn't answer him until they are up in the fucking <laughs> room. So are you telling me he asked her that question? And then three and then minutes later, silence. Silence. Place and time, Constantine. And even, place you and know time. what? In those situations, I just thought of this, and maybe this, you know, I'm not a screenwriter, but if he'd asked her the question and she'd gone, not here. You'd be okay with that. And then just a shot of them going into the room and her closing the door and then her saying, Two weeks. This time. She get better and then she get worse. I don't know if that would make it better, but it's that the, trope is used so much in movies. The too long delayed interrupted conversation. Okay, it's just so so, right? hey, so infuriating, fair. and fair. it is used in so many movies. I'm just like, you know, just answer the question right now, please. You were asked a question in North Carolina. You've answered it in Antarctica. <laughs> it's just rude. So in a scene that is, for me, reminded me of Blade, but with the exact opposite result. In Blade, the disco has the bloodbath at the beginning, and the and vampires has, are happy. Yeah. Uh, in this case, now Chaz plunging the re- holy relic into the. It's into a cross, the, right? It's a cross. Plunging that into the water supply system for the f- sprinkler system uh, now has presumably made the water holy water. Mm. And as Constantine <laughs> stands up and, and uh, does the old flick the lighter under the sprinkler head, mm-hmm. setting off the sprinklers, Michelle Moynihan is that holy water. And they begin burning, and then we get a wonderful action sequence where he is just taking out demons, taking out demons right. left and right. Uh, he's with got using the, the using cro- the shotgun dragon's crossbow breath with like a with a shotgun. Uh, we'd previously seen uh, Chaz smelting silver into these shotgun shells. It was just cool as hell. He gets to the it. You know, probably this is probably a trope. The the click on the empty chamber. So there's one demon remaining. Constantine pulls a trigger, click, and the demon's like, oh, I fucking got you. And, of course, Chaz steps in, blows the demon away. Um, All is saved. My my only problem there is then another – we are really in a trope section here. Mm -hmm. The unlimited gun supply until it's necessary for it not to be there. That's right. Like, I I counted the barrel, that barrel that's holding all the things. I don't remember how many there were. Not as many times as he shoots. Yep, not as many times as he shoots. Um, Whatever it was. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. I would love to see a movie, and if someone knows of this, please tell us. I'm sure there have been movies that handled ammunition and reloading realistically. It's few and far between. Yeah, first of all, you're right. Um, But I'd love to see that. And, you know, I only ever really scratched the surface. But, you know, we did some tactical firearms training. um, Oh, yeah? Yeah. um, And it's a... You know, even like dropping magazines, you you don't do like some of the stuff we did was you know if I if I'm at if I'm if I've fired and I'm I have a second where I can at you know put a, a, a full magazine mag- in yeah a fresh I'm, clip yeah I'm saving I'm saving the magazine that still has rounds in it I'm not discarding it, it just I would love to see so if someone knows that. So you're talking like a Beretta style, not like a revolver, like an actual clip. Yeah, yeah, revol- yeah. Yeah, listen, re- if you're if you're in any kind of a tactical situation, you're not going to be using a revolver. No, no, dead. because it, you even are with a straight speed up loader. Dead. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's six shots. So in the Air Force, we carried Berettas mm-hmm. uh, that had a 15 round capacity, uh, and you could carry one in the chamber, so 16. So yeah, okay. six. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> And I, and this is a perfect time to say that is the exact two weapons that um, Riggs and Murtar use. 
Riggs uses it's, a Beretta. Exactly. And right. That's Murtaugh right. uses a, a 38. That's not a 38. It's uh, larger than that. It's Oh, is it? Is it a. So it doesn't 45? have a. It no, does it's not. not it's probably a. Th- it, mm, okay, so it's not a four. It's not the forty-four Magnum that that <laughs> Dirty Harry shot. It might be a three fifty-seven. Well, if that would only, be a smaller. If only there was a device that could tell us. I, I bet you, if I put in, yeah, Murtaugh. I can't imagine. So it's a beef. It's beefier than that. Is there, a, is there a forty-five? The Internet Movie Firearms Database. Of course, there Holy is. Holy fuck. Uh, according to this, Riggs uses a Beretta 92F. Yep, that is the weapon I carried as a security forces member in the Air Force. Did you have the wonderful mullet that... Listen, in my... Please tell me you didn't pre- have the uh, anti-Semitism. No, <laughs> no, no, no. but in my pre-military days, I did have... I wouldn't call it a mullet as much as the Richard Marks beautiful mane. Mm-hmm. That one might go up. That one might go up on the bonus. It shows each person that uses it. Here we go. Murtaugh uses a Smith & Weston Model 19. The fuck is that? Smith so and Weston. What, yeah, yeah, but what's the caliber? What's the caliber of the? Uh, it is a three fifty seven. Three fifty seven. Okay. Smith and Weston Model Nineteen Combat Magnum three fifty seven Magnum is the actual screen used mo- movie firearm in this picture here. All right. Uh, he refers to it as a four inch Smith in the movie. Had I watched Lethal four Weapon, four inch refers to the barrel length. Yeah, I I know at least that much. <laughs> okay, listen, I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, so if anyone wants to really go into a deep dive of, um, like, I have a very limited knowledge of guns. The only other gun that I know is uh, the agents in the Matrix movies use mm. a gun called the Desert Eagle, fifty caliber. Those that things is the are fi- fucking hand cannons. That is the the weapon that Arnold Schwarzenegger wields oh, in last, last action. action hero. Yeah, his is gold, right? It, it, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. They are, the they're incredibly that movie? they're incredibly impractical. Uh, I've not seen that in a long time. It. Hold, does it hold up? It's it doesn't met, hold it's, up. It's better than we gave it credit for at the time. It, it's met. It's an observation on the genre, but right? But we weren't Isn't ready it? for it at we the time. We weren't ready, yeah. We were like, well, why is this it's so... stupid. It, it's yeah. so... It's really a fun movie. And yeah. it has Sir Ian McKellen. He's death at the end. What? Yeah. All right. It's one of his first movie roles. Okay. Move it along, guys. So 30 minutes before the end. Let's go right to there. He has vanquished all the demons. Yep. Gabriel is trying to kill... Angela. She's going to sacrifice Angela. Oh, wait. No, Gabriel hasn't shown up yet. Angela's writhing around in the pool. and It's demon Angela. So Angela's in the pool. They go into the water to pull her out. She's fighting against them. She's clearly possessed. So Constantine and Chaz, working together, are able to pull her out of the water. And Constantine begins performing a uh, an exorcism. Oh, an actual incantation. This is the, yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, well, yeah. So it's probably a spell. It's cert- Well, you know, in the comics, it's, it would be a spell. I would this suggest seems it in, like the, it's a in Latin, this movie. Yeah. In this movie, it's a ritualistic. It's an exorcism. Could it be in Latin? The power of Christ compels you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's <laughs> yeah. That's the famous right. That's the famous exorcism. Right, line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he's doing that. They they appear to have stopped things from happening. And the trope of the sidekick relaxes when it looks like it's all clear, and then something horrible happens to the sidekick. So Chaz is then pulled away by some unseen force and brutally slammed into the ceiling mm-hmm. multiple times and dropped onto the floor where he dies of clearly massive internal, internal injury. So this is the moment where Constantine has had enough. He knows it's... Now, Angela had previously been 
like kidnapped by some unseen force. So he knows something's happening. So this is where he rolls up his sleeves, revealing these really cool tattoos. Mm -hmm. And in this force of will, presses them together, casting this all-revealing light, which reveals Gabriel in Gabriel's uh, wicked alien malevolence. What a twist! Yeah, so the, the grand plot is revealed. Gabriel has killed Chaz and with almost no effort, blows Constantine away, mm. throwing him up against a door. Does know, Gabriel use it's a, the force from it's it's not liter- the wings? It's, okay. it's literally like a gentle blowing. Like, oh, that's right. That's it's, indicative it's of Superman. Gabriel's power. Yeah. yeah. Constantine thrown against the doors, uh, looks broken in some way. Oh, yeah. Um, and Gabriel is now ready to stab Angela in the stomach, freeing Mammon. And Mammon, unleashing hell on earth. So Mammon pushing Angela's stomach Horrific. and then pulling it apart so that he Gabriel makes a spot. can... He's like, yeah, oh, stab man. it here. It's like... <laughs> stab it here, absolutely. So then Constantine finds a shard of glass, slits his wrist, both of them. He has no other options. He grabs the shard of glass. Yeah. He looks... Before he, look, before he slices his wrist, he looks up and he says... And he slices his, his wrist deep. Deep. And then right before he passes out, you hear him mutter, Hurry. Now, those two statements were to two different people. Right. I'm not welcome in your house, so he's talking to God. Mm-hmm. Hurry is, who's he calling? He's calling Lucifer. Yeah. Lou. 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 Peter Stormeyer. Who you will know from, hey, you know, you see that creepy Russian-ish character? That, that's That's him. Peter Stormeyer. He's the wood chipper dude in Fargo. Fargo. He's the one in one in a very rare light comedic part. He is the astronaut on the, yes, the International Space Station. Yes. And he, he yeah. always plays a Russian, but he is Swedish. Yes, that's right. It's so weird. It's, I'm like, it is weird. Can he just be? He, you know, if you watched American Gods on Stars, I did not. Yeah, oh, he is Chernobog, who is. Let a, me guess. That's a bad god. He's a yeah. He's a yeah. He's a Eastern European god of death. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, surprising? Yeah, he, poor guy. Like I, I bet you he is the nicest dude in the world. Because if he was really as terrible as these characters are, he wouldn't get. Work. Who would work with him? Yeah, right. But let's talk about him and Constantine because he let's, is fucking horrifying. Let's talk about his costume. Yes, which I read was his his idea. idea. The whole thing, including well. So did you read that the Hell original design originally was pretty much supposed to be. Uh, the easiest way visually to describe it is when Eleven in uh, Stranger Things goes down. into like her, not the upside down, but like her own mind, and it's all black. Oh, like but that. Then ba- they'll just like be like barren. kind of yeah, yeah. That's what Hell was really supposed to be with a tar floor, yes. and it feels like that was kind of left over. Like like Peter Stormeyer was, saw the pictures or the the sketches of Hell. I feel yep. like when it was the void. Yeah. I was like, oh, my feet will be all covered in tar and grossness. They changed it to... Um, like a nuclear the, 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 apocalypse. So what it's supposed to be, I don't think we really talked about it. In hell, it is like... So there's two blasts to a nuclear explosion. There's the initial 
pulse force, and then there's the actual blast that annihilates everything. Sure. It is. So you have the, the heat in, and then the. It and is then the, the in between of the yeah. heat and the concussive. It's that part of uh, test footage where everything's just kind of going it sideways. Burns, yeah. Right, but it has not yet blown apart. Yeah. yeah. And I really thought that was cool. But I think they told Peter Stormeyer that, and he was and he like, just no, I'm still going to have. But you know and That's fine, because it is. So he, he enters the movie by coming. From above, like, let's start like dropping there. down out of like if like. But what he's coming from hell, wouldn't I, you know? I I've, I dug this. This yeah. this kept it from being a terrible movie yeah. for me. Um, it, you just get drips of almost like the goo from aliens. Yeah, it's this black, oily, oh. like viscous fluid. Or it's the it's the. Uh, did you ever watch the X Files? No. No. Oh, As I'll, we've talked about, yeah, I yeah. will skip it. No, right. I, I didn't know that. Oh I no, yeah, you yeah. watched. Nope. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a black, there was a black alien substance that would get in people and you'd see it like roll over their eyes. Sure. Um, And it reminded me of that. It was like that. that. Yeah. And so you just see these drops of it come down and then these feet come down. Bare feet. Bare feet. Yeah. You know, pure white suit. But what I love is, so his feet are covered in this tar. And And like the bottom of his. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's almost like it's infiltrating up. Yeah, it's it's That's wonderful. really great. And then he's got kudos then, to Peter. Then when we see his whole his whole body, he's got um, these black tribal tattoos that like on his yeah. Well, uh, uh, we see him on his neck, right? You can see it. So that, he has and a, they're he has almost an open like the tribal shirt. flame. Yeah, it's like a yeah, <laughs> but you know he's got underneath this white shirt, mm-hmm. open white collared shirt, white suit, barefoot, and he's got this tar on his feet and these like flame. And Tribal I lo- tattoos. And I loved Keanu's. Lou, what took you so long? They banter. Lucifer sits down, and he's like, I came here especially for you. Talk Th- about chewing the scenery. He's, he's spot on. Constantine has to convince him. He's like, hey, your son, he's in the other room. Oh, right. He's hanging out with mm-hmm. Gabriel. Like, like Peter Stormare's reaction. Like, to the, to the like, name Gabriel. He's like, word is that kid of yours is a chip off the old block. Well. One does what one can. He's in the other room. Boys will be boys. With Gabriel. Mm. No accounting for a taste, really. They have the spear of destiny. They have the spear of destiny. (laughs) 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 Or is it another one of your cons? I love that, like... Lucifer I'm doubts, shit. yeah, but but like he's not sure. And Constantine like cools a cucumber. Is like, look for yourself. You waited twenty years for me, though. What's another twenty seconds? Yeah. And then right before Lucifer goes into the other room to check, he he gets in like menacingly close right up to Keanu and he does like you see that there's a horrible beast underneath the underneath this human facade and Constantine like recoils from mm-hmm. this like snapping it's I, I mean again if you weren't freaked out by him already that's the moment where you know shit and that jump scare I was fine with that's that's the fourth oh. jump scare in the movie that was that was fine one cuz even though it had like a lot of jump scares instead of just letting it be the imagery that happens in the to, movie uh, yeah it is also like just like this noise that happens. Yeah. Like I call it the jump scare blamp. Right. Uh, 
How do you spell B W A M P? It's the same as the Inception. I didn't mind this one because the visual was more. Sometimes there are jump scares where the sound is more than the actual image that you're seeing on the screen. Yep. I don't I'm like fine the, with it in this one. I don't like the editing of a jump scare where like just literally the shot the cut between shots is jarring because there's no cut here. Peter yeah, Stormare, that's what I like. He, yeah. He it acting, both of them are in frame. He very menacingly closes in on John and you know makes a threat mm-hmm. and then snaps at him and with no cuts there, no it's cuts. horrifying. Yeah. It, and, and he's not even doing it to us. It's not a jump scare to us. And that's why to, I think that's why I like yeah. it, is that it's more just like, oh, that's that's, that's horrifying. So Lucifer goes, walks through all that glass. That was cool. That was a, that cool was a good effect. effect. Um, I would suggest the effects in this movie across the board hold, hold up. Hold up. Yeah. Um, a couple times when there's a lot of demons, like that one point where Keanu is catching. Yeah, and they've, just they've masked the, him. Because yeah. of the time. Sure. Of the movie, um, much like if you go back and watch the first reboot of the Planet of the Apes movies, yeah, yeah. when they're all crawling underneath, they, the, they start to look a little, it looks a little video gamey, yeah. But when it's just a single demon or like these kind of shots, it's, it's really good. Yeah. I the effects hold up, especially in HD, yeah, they do, yeah, they do. I was good with it. Um, so he sees that it's Gabriel, he, yeah, he sees what's happening, he fucks Gabriel up really badly, so, so he, so he, he. Grabs Angela, moves her out of the path of Gabriel's strike of uh, the spear of that, and then allows yeah. time to advance. Mm-hmm. Gabriel advances, you know, you know, pierces the marble of the floor, and Gabriel is like, "Holy shit, Satan's here!" Oh, but then, hello. But then immediately stands up and like, and basically gets into like a "come at me, bro" mm-hmm. kind of a mode. Bad move. And and says like, um, "I'm going, you know, I'm going to smite you." Pulls back his fist and goes to throw a punch at Lucifer and it stops and Lucifer and Peter Sormer's reaction to that. He's, he's like playing. He's like, Oh, someone doesn't have your back. And then he fucking bl- like torches Gabriel burning his wings off him mm-hmm. and sending him hurtling. Because one of the things we didn't talk about with the theology part of this, Lucifer is one of the original angels. He, he was God's most Valued angel, right? right? Like he was, yeah, yeah. he was the favored son fallen so, from. Go, yeah. So going toe to toe with an archangel, that would, yeah. I, I re- so how does he blow off his, uh, blow off Gabriel's wings? It's, it's kind of like what Gabriel did to Constantine, the blow, except instead of it being like a, like Superman's freezing breath, it's heat because it's, they burn away. They burn away. But it's like just the, the, the warbly vision of heat. It's not actual flame coming out of him, right? It's not flame coming out okay. of him. It's, but it's, it's like a hot current because they burn away. And it's a great effect. But it made me think again of dogma when uh, yes. Bartleby it, gets his... <laughs> yeah. Hey, Big Bird! Ready for the counter game? Count the shells, sucker dog! Satan throws Mammon back to hell. He's like, "This is my world. Like, I've got plans for this. You're mm-hmm. not. You taking over doesn't doesn't work." So like, grounded. Was, you are so grounded. Um, so he comes back to Constantine and basically recognizes that Constantine did him a solid. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Okay, look, that would have been inconvenient if my son had brought yeah. hell to earth." So I'll what, take ten what minutes you, off your eternity. He's like, "What do you want?" Yeah, and he assumes, "What do you want? More time?" That's mm-hmm. what, like you want you want me to you want more time, um, and uncharacteristically. Constantine's like, no, thank you. Uh, I'm done, man. Yes. Instead of, hey, I want to have more time. 
can we get Isabel's soul out of hell and send her to heaven? And in this wonderful visual, so Lucifer is pissed. He, so he looks and he like closes his eyes, tips his head back, and like almost like he's like, oh no, that's right. He's not mad. I'm sorry. No, he's like, that's it, really. Sure. And he he closes his eyes, throw shakes his head for a second. Okay, fine. And there's Good. like a whoosh, right? Yeah. You hear like a whoosh of like a soul a, leaving a soul. hell yeah. and ascending I, to heaven. I, I it's, like the. It's great because of this act. Constantine is now this, Christ, this Christ-like sacrifice mm-hmm. of, of himself for another. He is absolved. He is. He's dead. Lucifer says, "Time to go." John. Grabs his left hand, right, the sinister hand, mm-hmm. and begins dragging John. And, and all of a sudden, when he tries to get past the pool, uh, it's as he takes the steps. He doesn't even get that far. He gets like four steps. Oh, okay, and he, it's clear that Constantine is becoming increasingly heavy. So heavy that the marble the starts mar- shattering. It's almost like the Hulk trying to lift Thor's hammer. Yes, everything else is pushing down. Uh, and and Lucifer realizes that John has been redeemed because of his selfless act. And I loved, I loved so much. He's ascending to heaven. He turns back and looks at Lucifer and flips in the bird. It's fucking hilarious. And, and a part of me is like, I mean, it's the devil, but. Still, you know, I, f- I feel like you'd get a pass on that one. Yeah. I feel like you, maybe you'd get a listen. Don't do that again. <laughs> but we get it. Yeah. We get it. We're going to let this one go. But just <laughs> don't then, do that again. So Lucifer grabs him and... and he says, oh, yeah, like j- jumps on his back. Right? Oh, my God. And Which, again, going to the theology, yeah. Satan jumping that close to heaven is, if you are a faith believer, that's terrifying. I don't think he would have tried to go farther. But still, just sure, the fact sure. that, yeah, like, yeah. proximity alarm definitely went off. They, <laughs> like, yeah. Whoa. they started scrambling. The, the Lucifer is at the gates drill. Yeah. Started. Oh, God, That's this right. is not a drill. And so uh, reaches around to the front of John's chest, rips his che- his shirt open, and then, plun- in a great visual effect, plunges his hands like up, and up, into, into, oh. up into Constantine's chest and pulls out the smoking, the oily black smoking the cancer. cancer. Yeah. Oh my god. And he said, and so and just just he just throw it on the ground. He does. He Gross. does. And it leaves the again. He leaves the oily black tar mm-hmm. on his hands. And he said, no, no, no. Listen, you're not dying now. Now you're not dying. I've just saved you. But that's fine. You're gonna have enough time to live a life to prove that you're coming to my place. I, mm-hmm. it's, he's, Satan is playing the long game. Uh-huh. He, he's confident that eventually Constantine will fuck up and, and put himself back into a position where he's going to hell. And uh, Well, then well it, that's the it, confrontation, yeah. He goes He, he uh, goes to Angela. They're okay. They're okay. Ignoring the fact that Chaz has been brutally murdered, murdered by this fucking angel. Yeah, fuck it. It's that's Shia right. LaBeouf. It's Shia LaBeouf. It's mutt. It's mutt. That's so right. then the last scene is them up on the roof. Well, wait. Oh, is there something? As they're leaving, oh, Gabriel, oh uh, yes, go ahead. With his yeah. wing stumps, uh, <laughs> does not realize the impact of what has happened. Right, still thinks that Gabriel is acting in heaven's best interest, mm-hmm. uh, and begins lecturing John. Um, sees John's anger. It's like, do you want to kill me, John? Here, like again, smite offering me. the temptation. Smite me, punish no, me. Oh, kill me. Yeah, smite right? me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Does Gabriel not say smite me? I think the smiting is when I think that's the threat to Lucifer. I will smite thee. He, God's- uh, Gabriel says something. Do you want revenge? Is that what you're thinking right now? Do it. Do it. Seek revenge. End of my life. 
be the hand of God. It's your choice. It's always been your choice. Constantine takes the higher path, punches him in the face, to which we see Gabriel experience his first moment of human pain. Because he's lost his wings. He's not an angel. This is Gabriel's uh, Superman 2 in the <laughs> diner. It's fucking hilarious. Blood. My blood. But then Gabriel can't resist being a dick. Uh, in line is, <laughs> as, as Constantine and Angela are leaving, Gabriel's shouting, You could have shot me, John. You chose a higher path. Look how well you're doing. I wanted him to go back and punch him again. Mm-hmm. Fuck Gabriel, he's a dick. Oh, Absolutely. Gabriel 100% deserved a second Absolutely. punch after that line. Uh, so then now we're up on the roof? We're on the roof, yep. So on the roof, they're kind of wrapping up the movie. There's some more flirtation, almost a kiss. But no kiss. No kiss. And the last shot of the movie is it's, it is behind Keanu Reeves. It pans around, and he's reaching to his pocket, and he doesn't pull out a cigarette. He nope. pulls out gum. gum. He's I changed. I don't, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it. I, I like, like it. I like it. Um, so, it's, it's, so there's another movie with an ending voiceover. Oh, right, yeah. I guess there's a plan for all of us. I had to die. Twice, just to figure that out. Like the book says, he works his work in mysterious ways. Some people like it, some people don't. And then he goes, what should be a cigarette? Puts a piece of gum. gum in his mouth. Um, I did not remember, and I, I clearly had seen it before, but must have probably only seen it maybe the first time I saw the movie. There's a post credit scene. Did he stick around for that? What? For the listener at home. I did not. Go so ahead. Constantine goes to Chaz's grave and he places a coin. No, he places his lighter on Chaz's uh, headstone. And Chaz, in angelic form, bursts out of the ground, looks at Constantine with the angel glowing eyes, and then like bursts, you know, f- you know, rockets up into the air. And Constantine walks what? away. What? So, Chaz, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's good for Chaz. Whatever. And movie. Uh, Yes, and movie. All right, so that's a movie. That is a movie. So we got some... uh, we got some questions. We got Ooh, some more questions because that one. was a question-heavy episode. That was, that was a deep, deep discussion we got yes. into on that one. So, Todd. Yes. Who was your MVP? I'm going to give this one to... Keanu Reeves. I mean, he, you know, it's the movie's Constantine. He may, in my opinion, he makes it work hands down. Yeah, no, it is. I, I almost said Jaiman Hansu, but it's right? it's definitely Keanu Reeves in this movie. Okay. He does a really good job. You know, the, the coughing we talked about, I didn't dig, but uh, I don't fault not being the triple B. Sure. Blonde, sure. British and bisexual. Mm-hmm. On Constantine, especially, <laughs> have you seen Bram Stoker's Dracula? Don't make <laughs> don't make Keanu Reeves do a British accent. It never is going to end up that's, well. That's, I'm not okay with those not being there from a story perspective. But I don't fault Keanu, Keanu Reeves, yes, the actor. I get that. I get that. that. That's fair. Okay, um, Casey. Yeah. What is your or who is your favorite character? Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel's pretty awesome. Again, Tilda Swinton fucking rocks. In Tilda this movie. Swinton rides that line of you want to punch this character in the face and this righteousness yeah uh, it's, the righteousness yeah. i love the line we didn't talk about it in the in the church scene yep where gabriel says to constantine 
you're going to die because you smoked 30 c- cigarettes a day since sure. you were 15. You're going to hell because you committed a mortal well, sin. Yeah. Yeah. It's Woof. good. It's good. And just the way Tilda Swinton delivers that. You're like, okay, I get what you're saying, but fuck you. Yeah. I, I love the moment when Gabriel's about to smite Satan and <laughs> pulls back his fist like, I'm going to unleash the holy hurt, mm-hmm. and then is stunned when his fist cannot close the last inch before, you know, in front of Lucifer's face. It's almost the, wait a minute, that's not how it's supposed to happen. That's right. It's like something. <laughs> I really like that. I immediately regret my decision. Right. <laughs> uh, who was yours? Uh, yeah, Saint. No, it was. Oh, uh, it's, it's Gabriel. It's Gabriel. Oh, awesome. absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, Todd, what was your best scene? Oh, um, Boy, it's it's long, so I don't know. Can I get the? Can I count the end scene? Like, I feel it's like it's such a great payoff. If you count from where we started, really discussing yeah, going like the, yeah. the the pool on from yeah, the like suicide not, on, not the holy water sprinklers, yeah. but literally I, a scene I take in it, that yeah. room. I mean, I think it's top notch. And if I have to condense it further, it's Lucifer's appearance. Yeah, until, that's oh, that's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Two episodes in a row. It's the diner scene. I'm. Re- I don't know oh. if it's because of it, we're we're in the Oscar season. I've been watching a lot of movies <laughs> with like dialogue heavy a, stuff, and my monologue. brain is like yeah. in that section. But yep. I, I like that scene where he explains his power set and how okay. he could. I could. I wish mm-hmm. it had been, but this doesn't ruin it for being the best scene. I wish it had just been Keanu explaining it. Hadn't seen the kid on the on the. Uh, Bus, yeah, I I don't mind it, but sure. you know I I think you know that certainly makes it so. You get that he can see horrible things, but you know that just reminds you that well he was a kid when this happened, and oh, how much yeah. worse would that be if you were the kid? Yeah, but I I get that. That's fair. Yeah, um, Casey, what is one scene that you would cut? Um, man, what would I cut? I mean, I can't say, can we cut Shia LaBeouf out of this entire no, you movie? Can't, you can't do that. Uh, the judges have said, uh, yeah, they're saying no. You, they're saying no. Um, you know, I, I, I can't think of one. Okay, that's interesting. And it's weird because we're going to get to my score yeah, in a second. You're, you're, yeah. Let's, uh, you know what? Does it not come down to a scene that's not your that's not Yeah, your I, okay. I, I, I don't think anything, I, let's put it this way. I don't think cutting anything from this movie would raise my okay. grade That's level fair. on this That's movie. Fair. So I'm going to say no. How about you? Know, you? Uh, you know, it's minor, but I feel like the 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 process to get him on the chair at Papa Midnight's just feels very duplicative of when he when you know he did it in Angela's apartment, apartment yeah. with the water. It just feels like it's some unnecessary. It should have just been a it's shot. It's like of a Rube Goldberg. Yeah. 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 But okay. like, I feel like the combined, you didn't need both of those. I feel like one of those could have gone. But again, that's quibbling, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, we're definitely. Is it Peter Storbeck? After Storbrand? having the most fun, it's is it Peter, Peter Storbeck. <laughs> he's, he's having he's, so much uh, fun. And he's so good. He's, it, and yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right. right. So the Rotten Tomato score for this movie was, was a forty-six. Okay, I'm gonna let you go first. What's yours? Uh, I, you know, I got to be honest with you. I like this movie. I, yeah. I, I dig this kind of like religious horror. Mm-hmm. I dig this. I I am a fan of the magical uh, parts of our superhero universes. I like Doctor Strange. I, sure. I collected him as one of my comics growing up. Oh yeah, I like that stuff. Oh, cool. I like the fact that um, unlike Doctor Strange. 
you know, Constantine is a little bit darker. He's got an edge. In the comics, <laughs> he's responsible for this horror at Newcastle that haunts him. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so I, I like it. I give it a 90. It's an A. Wow. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be a this big is gonna, We got a spread. I got a 71. Wow. C minus. I don't hate this movie. Yep. But there's a lot of things in this movie that I don't like that's enough for me. I don't hate this movie, but is it something that if. Let's say I'm flipping through the channels. Is it on? Am I going to stop? Probably not. Yep. Probably okay. not. Really? I, I I appreciate what they did. Yep. But there's enough wrong with this movie to not. It doesn't fail, but it's not a high watermark like you're giving it. Okay. That's okay? fair. Now, I wonder why we didn't get a sequel. <laughs> you know what? When I... <laughs> a little behind the scenes, folks. Yeah. Today, when I was editing Watchmen, I had to put the um, Constantine preview yeah. in there. Right underneath... It said, why we never got a Constantine sequel? I'm like, oh. And then I looked, it was Watch Mojo. And I'm like, nope. Nope. <laughs> that's going to be some bullshit that's not true. Yeah. So, Todd, that was a movie. That was a movie. Uh, now we get to come to a part of the evening that we have not done ourselves in, a, in two months. In a while, yeah. Wow. We've, you know, we, right. We're good hosts. We allow our guests to pick. Absolutely. So, Bob, if you could do the honors. And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's Helmet. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Bob. Okay. Okay, fuck. Could I please? Could I pull Iron Man one? I, of Green Lantern. The, you listen. First of all, how dare you? Okay. <laughs> okay. I have a single slip here, so I'm going to put this down. All right. Okay. And okay. I'm ready, buddy. Okay. The next movie that we will be watching, episode fifteen, is motherfucker. How is this fucking possible? <laughs> what are we watching? The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, no. Garfield Spidey. Oh, I'm not even excited about this. Oh, fuck. Well, we're getting it out of the way. So here's <sighs> where, what I'll put before we watch the trailer. Yeah. Here's something for the back of our minds and for the back of the audience minds. If you are part of the TSPHC army. Holy yes, shit, yes. I said that the fastest way. You did. That was Yay! Really nice. If you are part of the TSP. Damn it. If you're part of the TSPHC army that watches the movie before the episode drops, I know Phil is part of that army. Sure. Um, is this movie the farthest drop from a good movie to the level of badness that this movie is? <laughs> Showing my hand. This is not a secret. This is what, a bad When you movie. say drop, you mean from the first movie to the second? Yeah. Or from- is, this, is, this the, is this the quickest drop in quality of a movie? I'm not talking Rotten Tomatoes. I'm talking about our, our own personal feeling of this movie because I, I fucking think it is. I think that we're going to – because Amazing Spider-Man is a good movie. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a hot mess. Oh, You've never seen this movie, have you? Uh I have seen it. Oh, you the have. Fir- the first time I watched it, uh-huh. I stopped halfway through. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and then literally at one point, I was like, I should probably watch the rest of this fucking did movie. Did you finish it? I did, and I want that last hour back of my life. <laughs> well, we get to watch it again, buddy. Okay. All right, so, so this is the point where we say, hey, Todd. Yeah. Let's watch that trailer. You know what it is I love about being Spider-Man? Everything. Peter Parker. There he is, boy. It's been ten years. What have you been up to? 
I do some web design. couple things about this trailer that you'll hear during the episode dear audience yeah um the whole section where um harry is like the oscorp's been having uh, has been watching you and all that stuff mm-hmm. not in the fucking film <sighs> so and that, this is the final trailer we watched the final trailer and it, this you was know, i need to start linking before. those to <sighs> yeah to, this is months before those. the movie came out yeah, and ridiculous. they're just like nah, never mind we're gonna cut all this shit out you know, that is, Technically, that is the a, final trailer is supposed to be the one once the film is locked yeah like, if this had been the first trailer and had been in there, I'm like, okay, they changed their mind. But, yeah. no, unacceptable. All right, ah, so. Fuck. Okay. So what's the Rotten Tomatoes score oh, for this movie? Yeah, we should look that as up. As if I don't know that it's going to not be good. I'm so disappointed. I can't even. I just, okay, I just, so, can I just get, can we just please watch fucking Iron Man, please? <laughs> okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes score for The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a... 52%. Woof. F. F. Failure. F for fucking the worst. Uh, okay. okay. Oh, well, yep, that was okay. We got a movie coming up. We yeah. got a oh, boy. Oh, I just. So, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, so that's a, that's a, that's a wrap on. Uh, that's going to do it. Constantine. That's gonna do it. I'm so sad that we're gonna. Have I was to happy to watch Constantine. I love that. I movie. was fine with Constantine. I'm, I'm not excited for Amazing Spider-Man two. Nope. We just watched Amazing Spider-Man one. What like three episodes ago? <laughs> Episode eleven. <laughs> oh, oh dear listeners, well, we're sorry. Oh, we're sorry. Our yeah. misery is your entertainment, and it's it's Asgardian magic's fault. It's not our fault. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, so Todd. Yes. Where can people find you on the social media? Should you wish to be found? I can be found on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at TMP in SYR. And I write about a variety of topics, geeky and non, at my own blog, which is 
TMP in SYR.com. Did you forget? I didn't know how I wanted to f- say that. <laughs> I'm and, sorry if I woke anybody up. <laughs> uh, you, you can also uh, like our Facebook page where we put up mm-hmm. a lot of great content, which is facebook.com slash superpodherocast. And as we continue to build our website, put a lot of bonus content as you're listening to this, stuff we reference, things that you might want to see, go over to www.tsphc.com. Mm-hmm. Casey, yes. Where can you be found on the interwebs? Should you wish to be found, my Twitter handle is not Ryan Casey. My Instagram handle is not dot Ryan Casey. You can also follow us on Instagram at Superpod HeroCast. That's where we put up specific Instagram images for the episode. Yep, absolutely. And if you were unlike Cap and wanted to send an email, not a letter, <laughs> Tony, where could we be reached? at superpodherocast at gmail.com. And don't forget, next episode we will start the four episodes of... If you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast with an actual write-up in it, not just a five-star review, because I can't see those for some reason, Apple, fix your shit, (laughs) we will read that here on the Superpod Herocast. Or if you uh, are getting your podcast through Podbean, you leave us a review there. Again, same deal. We appreciate it. You know, honestly, the the more ratings, especially the more five-star ratings, the more mm-hmm. reviews we get, the more likely we are that the algorithm suggests us to other people, helps us reach a broader audience. And, and, and especially on Apple Podcasts. That's, that's the one. We appreciate any review you want to send us, but Apple Podcasts is the way we're going to get more traffic to our, okay. to well, our podcast. We're, uh, we're doing our part. You do your part. Give us a little social media love. Yeah. All right. And with that, it's been a movie. It's been a movie. So that'll do it for the Superpod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be, Be heroic. heroic. Um, but when we recorded the last time, we'd gone to see Black Panther the right. night before. Right. We and did. <laughs> with, uh, with Chuck. With who Chuck. Did great. <laughs> who did great. We had been, you know, drinking before the movie. Had we, a couple after we had the movie. A bit, yep. Talked about how fucking awesome the movie was. And I when we started and I went to go, oh hello. It was oh hello. I was like, oh no. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this whole episode. You can hear it really? when you listen. Oh yeah, it's like, oh hello. Oh. I'm suddenly this, Rorschach. This is, su- this is my superhero voice. This is my superhero voice. Okay. Um, let's see. This is my demon voice. Oh no. Okay. Uh, that'll, that'll work for this movie. That'll work for this one. Um hey, let's uh we, nope, just we don't have a space dong in this one, so that's <laughs> we don't have. Ed. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, get to we'll get to that. We'll get there. Okay, All right. <clears throat> oh wait, I need my scrubs. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're I'm a zennial. You're in that Generation I'm, I, X millennial. Yeah, meld. it's the if you were born any time during the Star Wars movies, you're a zennial. <laughs> the original trilogy, seventy-seven to eighty-three. Oh, so that's and not, I'm eighty-one. I'm, so me. boom, I'm clearly Gen X. Yeah, seventy one, and Danny's, Get out. Danny's Gen-, Gen X too. Yeah, so you married up. I did in many, many, then, listen, many different ways. Listen, we'll <laughs> we'll drink. Listen, yes, we both staring above our station. Yes, <laughs> above our station is this the Snowpiercer? Yeah, no, we're listen. We're punching. We're punching up. MVP, most valuable player. Yep. No. Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our outtake. Uh, 
feel like we got rusty. Like we had a we've had a big gap here. It doesn't. Feel, it feels a little stilted <laughs> tonight, right? For the listener at home, we are scrambling. It's, it's, uh, you know, we're not exactly on the top of our game tonight. It's all right. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Is that why you want to get started? Yeah. <laughs> fucking drink the beer. That's right. The beer is really good. <laughs> You're doing it the long way. Are you I going through? Your I went to my notes. I don't know why. Yeah. This is a thing called <laughs> the <laughs> Internet Movie Database. Uh, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> you are just not in this exact not, moment. Right, yeah. So I think uh, let's see. So that's so that's that. Uh, so now that we've gone through all the reshoots, yeah. <clears throat> Bob, one more time, could you give us that sultry, sultry voice of yours? <laughs> this is going to be a nuts episode. It's, I already, be, it's a little bonkers. Feel, okay, let me try again. It's a little bonkers. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Fuck was that? I don't see now. All I can picture, Mr. Is Brown. Jack, I apologize. Now all I can picture is uh, Jack Nicholson's uh, addressing Bob in the '89 mm-hmm. Batman. Bob, I remember you. I'm a number you. one. I'm a number one. <laughs> it's Jack being Guy. Jack. <laughs> all right. Oh, do you not know who's being courted right now? So they're going to do it. For, they're going to do old Hal Jordan training young John Stewart. For old Hal Jordan, uh, a Syracuse native, Thomas. Oh, Cruz. Fuck that! I saw May that. Polar. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh no, I put. I saw that. Like first, let's like I was like no, and then I'm like, no. I put up the the Michael Scott office no gif on response to that. Yeah. If you look at it as reverse lethal weapon, Hal Jordan is the the cop who is retiring. He's too old for the shit. He's too old for the shit, and here comes this cocksure new person i don't know who's going to play that probably an unknown because like all the great young african-american actors are already playing superhero characters i'm like god damn it i don't know if it's it's a good idea but i want to fucking see it tropic thunder he is he steals the movie he's he's the reason i keep going to the mission impossible movies Uh, he has reached a point where i cannot get past you can't separate scientology yeah i can't get past that to I, I think he's a very intense actor, and he yep. only works in certain stuff. He works in the Mission yep. Impossible movies because it's the, it's the fate of the world. Right. Yeah. And my favorite one, did, you've seen them all, right? Uh, no, I dropped off. I saw, I saw the, I, yeah, I saw the all first right. one with right. Simon Pegg, which I thought he was great. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. So the next one, Ghost Protocol. That's the one I did not see. That's the one where he supposedly trained himself to stay underwater for six minutes. No, no, that's. Is that the one after that? That's the one after that. That's fuck uh, Rogue Nation. Yeah, fuck He him. did. Oh bullshit! Fucking bullshit! Yeah, because he's a because he's reached OT level eight or whatever. Fuck him and his thetans. Yeah, fuck Z- Zenu. Yeah, fuck LRH. <laughs> but in in that one in the um, so I think it's also safe to say Tom Cruise will not be coming on our podcast. No, Tom Cruise. It's sorry, probably, Syracuse native Tom Cruise. That's right. So he um at the end they've got the bomb that they're gonna or the launch codes for all the nuclear missiles to go off at once sure and he goes to hit the button and before he does he goes mission accomplished and hits it and i was like "Ooh, that was a cheesy line later in the movie like at the wrap-up where they're all at the bar talking ving rames goes you really said mission (laughs) accomplished (laughs) i was like all right that makes it worth it it. okay (laughs) when they point out the cheesiness i'm like i'm good with it you know i'll say this those movies i actually enjoy those movies and i enjoy them despite tom cruise Mm -hmm. i mean they're good enough They, they they're well done and arguably he's my least favorite part of those yeah, I mean, like again in in um, 
Ghost Protocol uh-huh. when he's climbing the Burj Khalifa. Yes. And he goes to uh he's his he's got like these sticky yeah, gloves. Yep, that one I saw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. My favorite part of that is when Jeremy Renner goes, It's too short, you're not gonna make the jump. And he just looks at him and goes, No shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like And then when he jumps, he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it, sure. They have to like help him, like, oh, he unlike Bruce Willis, the older he gets the harder it is for him to do these things. Sure. Oh, well, okay. Well, and listen, the guy broke his ankle doing yeah, the last listen, one. Listen, I'm not, listen, listen. If he's a real OTAT, you know, could heal, <laughs> miraculously heal the bones. Oh, you're really coming hard on Scientology. IPL. <laughs> when Green Arrow and Green Lantern had their own series, Speedy, and it was. DC was going to do it. Do you know about this? That DC was going to do it, pull so the is- issue? So this was because of the whole the Comics Code Authority, and then Marvel did it. Really? So DC's like we can't. They were, so the whole issue is going to be, oh my god! Like the cover is like Speedy with the needle in his hand in his arm, and Green Arrow will be like, my god, my sidekick addicted to heroin, and like they were like, I, sh- I, don't, I don't know if we can do this. This is, and they pulled the issue. Two months here it, later, here it is. Spider-Man had a heroin addict story, not with Spider-Man being addicted. Was Snowbirds it? don't fly. See it? Kind of whack. And they were just like, my ward is a junkie. My ward is a junkie. And it's just kind of like, damn it. <laughs> because if it had been DC first, we would be like, man, did you do you know about this? But now it's this thing like Marvel beat them too because they chickened out at the last minute. Was Kevin Sushihara in charge of DC back, back then? then? Oh, fuck, him. fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. He's so hard. Yeah. Henry Cavill and um, Amy... Um, Adams. Amy Adams played <laughs> love we're, interest. We're having a rough oh, night boy. tonight, folks. Uh, I, I, oh, vacancy. No, not vacancy. Shit. That's not a movie. Vacancy is a, is a no, movie. No, shit is not a movie. Oh, shit. Not the, what's the word for when you're in a facility... Institutionalized. Institutionalization, right? That will eventually. Say, wait, leave. I was talking over the Say it again. Uh, it is Angela's denial of their common abilities that will lead Isabel to this path of institutionalization and ultimately her suicide. <laughs> Motherfucker. I, I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> that's, uh, that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. Um, I am totally wrong on that. <laughs> reshoot. Yeah, reshoot. Um, I reshot myself. <laughs> Came oh, and she. Diana Troy. Oh, mm-hmm. I liked her. Have you? Do you follow her on Twitter? No. She is crazy, but like in the best way oh, possible. We all need to go. Yes, she's okay. hilarious. I feel like we're not having enough time for the dick and fart joke. That's a concern. Miles, Mammon, Mammon, Shants, Mama, Beats, Yeah, Bears, Bears, Battlestar Galactica. If you give us a five star review. <laughs> you want to try that again? It gets tough at the end of the night. That's yep. what she said. Hey, uh, Go ahead and cut that. <laughs> Casey, cut that. <laughs>